Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello everybody, it's Wednesday, September 5th, 2012, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm in the house with Steve Say. Hello. Mr. Bob Ryer. Hola. And filling in for Stephanie one more time, Mr. Rob Newmeyer. Hey now. <laughs> Rob's catchphrase. <laughs> no, well. <yeah>. Hey now. <laughs> hey now. <laughs> um, so yes, Rob. Thank you again for helping us out and sitting in. No problem. Thank you for having me. In the fourth chair. Um, Mm -hmm. Today we are going to be talking about the things we're excited about coming in the fall because this past weekend was Labor Day weekend. It's kind of the official end to the summer. So now we have the fall ahead of us, some big stuff to talk about, and some, I'm sure, some more obscure things that we're going to be excited for coming out in the near future. Um, And before that, of course, we'll be doing books of the week and such. Um... How was everybody's Labor Day weekend? <laughs> Rob, what did you do? Uh, hung out, partied, work, ate. Those all seem Normal like stuff. things yes, yeah. that you would do. Nothing, nothing absolutely special. But nothing special? Yeah. You made me some delicious pulled pork. Oh, yes. brought it over here, and it was very, very good. Yes. Uh, I've, I've tweeted out the recipe to that before, so there's, there's a couple of people that have made it before. It's, <laughs> it's, it's good. Mm. You've had it before, Steve. Right? I have had it before. It is delicious. Yummy. It's pretty, pretty good. Yum, yum. Mm-hmm. How was your weekend, Steve? What did I do? Uh, I watched Labyrinth Ooh. for the first time in a long time. Nice. Um, I played a little bit of Darksiders 2. How was that? Uh. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. I'm stuck on something just because I didn't have the patience to push past it. Mm-hmm. But um, the game's glitchy as hell, but it's one of the rare occasions where I don't care. Okay. Um, I really like it. I like the... It's very linear while still being very open, mm-hmm. if that is even possible. And um, I don't know. It's I like the the whole like dungeon crawly, but emphasis on the crawling part, climbing walls, you know, run wall running, kind of mm-hmm. like uh, Prince of Persia right. meets you know death kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, I guess I'll talk about it a little bit. But I finished reading uh, Ready Player One. Oh yes, I also finished. Reading Ready Player or listening hey, hey. to Ready Player One in my case. Um, before we get to that, Rob, you're also playing Darksiders 2, correct? Oh, yes. And yeah. I believe that you are loving it. I absolutely love it. Um, it takes a good three or four hours to get into the swing of things before it really opens up. And like Steve says, it, uh, it is a little linear, but at a certain point, it just, you know, totally blasts open, full open world, uh, tons of different quests, side quests. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm having an absolute ball with it. Yeah, it's a good time. Mm-hmm. I finally started playing the second episode of the Walking Dead game. 
Ooh. So um, I'm enjoying it so far. I haven't gotten through it yet, but uh-huh. um, the first episode was excellent. So hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Bob, what video games have you been playing? <laughs> uh, uh, Pac-Man. I went to the bar. And, okay. Yeah, I, 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 did, I did a pub crawl. And we, <laughs> I played Miss Pac-Man two days ago. Oh, ah. that's a regular joystick. Oh arcade. yeah, arcade uh, cabinet, baby. Very nice. Very nice. Waka waka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, and speaking of arcade cabinets, like I said, we've been reading and finishing Ready Player One which has a lot to do with 80s culture, and there are arcade games all over that thing. It does. Uh, Stephanie obviously talked about it first, and then we talked about it a little bit last week, and we were kind of both halfway through it, and now we are done with it. Steve, uh, what did you end up thinking of it? Um, I got to say that ultimately I was kind of disappointed. Okay. Um, I, 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 this is it's hard to talk about because I, I know so many people that um, have loved it, and mm-hmm. people were, you know, it's hard that when you get such a rave review from not only like I guess the geek culture in general, but even your like close trusted friends. Um, I just wonder where it started to blur for them in a sense of that it was just a a mass of of all these name drops and references. And if you took that away from it, I know it wouldn't be what it is. Mm. But um I'm not gonna talk about the end of the book, but honestly, there are three levels to the book. Um three sections, parts, whatever. The final level just felt wrong Mm -hmm. to me um i ended up not caring about anyone in the book i didn't care who won Mm -hmm. i didn't care what happened um people that that died in the book didn't care about them Mm -hmm. and um i honestly i felt that it was uh it was rushed and that there was way too much time spent on trying to plug in and fit references into the book that could have been better spent on character development mm. that just was not there. Right. It was fun. It was addictive. Mm. I was definitely, when I put it down, I went back to it. I was thinking about it when I wasn't reading it. But ultimately, um, and and without spoiling anything, I didn't feel like the, the love story portion of it uh, played out well at all. I thought it was very flat, Mm-hmm. Uh, very unrewarding yeah. at the end. And I was really surprised, to be honest. I mean, I'm not trying to just shit all over it, but so many people would come to me and they're like, oh, dude, you're in for an ad- you know an adventure <laughs> of a lifetime. And when you say that to people, they're expecting, you know, a lot. Right. And even though I, I get it, yeah. I understand why they were excited, and I understand that seeing stuff that you grew up with in print is very exciting. Yeah. And to have it applied the way that it was... There were portions of it that were very smart and were very cool. But at the same time, it was just like if you give me something like if you say something to me like Neon Genesis Evangelion, Mm -hmm. you better do something with it. Don't just don't just drop the name and then not highlight that in that part of the story where it's obviously being used. Right. I want to see that. Mm -hmm. If you're going to bother, if you're going to bother to bring it up, use it. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, oh, this Oh, that, and it looked like this, and it was designed like that. Yeah, but what, what purpose did it serve? Yeah. And just my final, my final uh, criticism of the book, everything in the final chapter was just too damn easy. Mm-hmm. There, mm-hmm. Was like, there was like nothing right. that, that ever stood in their way, really, yeah. to keep them from, yeah. you know. You know, I... I pretty much agree with you, Steve, on, on what you're saying. I did enjoy the book, and there is some fun stuff there. And I feel like if you stripped out the continuous references to things, I think that 
the story there is a pretty cool little science fiction story, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the book would have gotten the attention that it did if it didn't have all of this 80s nostalgia stuck into it. You know, my main problem with the book is simply this. I like the premise, the, the, the kind of video game virtual reality thing that's kind of pervaded the whole world and it's kind of where people learn and it's where people, you know, it's where all the books in the world are stored there. You can actually go in and read them all. I like all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. I, it's part of the currency system and... You know, I, I, and they do this thing where there's it's kind of this, you know, very altruistic organization who runs this thing, and they don't charge a fee to use it. It just you, if you want to do extravagant things, you have to pay, you know, to do it. So, but there's no charge for school and all that stuff. And then there's this other corporation that's trying to like win the contest so they can take over it. Yeah, and, the people that are trying to make you pay for Facebook. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> what it is. And the and the problem with it is is that a that that kind of bad guy like the idea that if we don't win this thing, we're going to have to pay to use the internet. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, like that's not the biggest stake for me. You know, um, I already do pay to use the internet, so I right. don't really <laughs> see the big deal. And the other thing too is that there, are, there is some threat to some of these people in their physical real lives, but in general, they're talking about, oh, they died, they did this, they did that. They're just avatars like when they die they just lose all their progression and they have to start over again right and yeah it sucks because if they lose their progression they lose their avatar if they're one of the people who's you know high up in this contest they get they lose everything all the progress they made in the contest so that sucks but i I wasn't like on the edge of my seat like oh my god what if this guy avatar gets killed because he's still alive you know and so i I didn't feel the stakes in, in that situation and you're absolutely right the end it feels like there's kind of one like Deus Machina, Day X Machina over and over and over again, where it's just like, yeah, okay, this thing coming to save you, this thing comes in to save you, this thing comes in to save you, and there are some things that they set up early. There's this thing with the, the Pac-Man game that he plays early on that leads. He's, he's like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I know it's important, and if I know why it's important later, but. It, it just does not feel earned to me. And you're absolutely right. The human relationships, I, I don't. There's nothing there to me. Right. You know, and the main character, and the biggest problem with the main character is simply that... <clears throat> jerk. He is a jerk, but first of all, it's it's a first-person narrative. So there's no humility, there's no... You know, you, everything that he's thinking, you hear, you know? And so he, when he does something good, he's always like, I was really great at doing this thing. And you're, it, it kind of oh, gets old. That's grating, yeah. But it's like, it's like in the Hunger Games books. You know, Hunger Games, it, they're in first-person, so you get the sense of this character was kind of full of themselves because they're always talking about the great things that they're doing. Right. And the other thing too is he doesn't go through any sort of progression as a character. He's kind of the same person he is when it starts. You know, and he's just a dude who doesn't really... He encounters some hardships, but I don't know, they just never feel very gripping to me. Um, I liked a lot of aspects of it, and you're right, it is addicting. and it, it, You kind of get into a, a yeah. flow with it. Much like a video game, that maybe the story isn't so great, but the act of actually right. experiencing it is fun, you know. And so, that's kind of what I felt about the book. I just I had a lot of fun with it. I just I was the whole time that I was reading it, I was waiting for some depth. I was yeah. wait, especially from the villain, who to me just felt like a knockoff of any kind of like Final Fantasy or Resident Evil slick, oh, yeah. slick haired, big yeah. leather jacket. Like I, there was. I don't know. I, I don't want to say too much about it for yeah. people that haven't read it. But um, no, I was just I, I did enjoy it to a degree. I was just very surprised by 
having more problems with it than enjoying it because of the rave reviews I'd received from people mm-hmm. that I value their opinion. Yeah. And now I have to go to them and be like, well, and they're <laughs> going to be like, oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. So whatever. It's cool that it exists. And I'd like to see a, a, another author maybe has a little bit better grip on character and, and story take the reins and kind of do another book that plays off all these influences and stuff, but just delivers a better narrative. I would have liked for it to have maybe been like a three book series and yeah. to maybe really have fleshed it out. Yeah. I, like I said, the third level or part of the book just felt like we have to get, we spent so much time being intricate with all these other things mm. that now it's a mad dash to the end. And it felt like that. Yeah, absolutely. Bobby, you're well, you know, so that kind of self-referential thing. It's a very, very loose tightrope. You're in real yeah. trouble at, at any point. Look at the difference between Airplane, mm-hmm. which goes down the, the plot of the real movie Zero Hour, really, to, to bad fish and everything else, mm-hmm. and throw their references in, but they seem organic and mm-hmm. they make some sort of sense. And then you start to look at the knockoffs of Airplane that have been since. Scary movies and epic movie and mm-hmm. superhero movie. It's, look at all this stuff we can throw in. Yeah, yeah but it's boring and awful and pointless. So, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. You know, it's just a movie like Scott Pilgrim does it really well. You know, yes. it, it does it really well. It integrates a lot of references, but in a way that feels like it's part of the story. It never feels like it's waving at you and saying, look, I know a lot about 80s culture. Right. Mm-hmm. And this book always feels like it's waving at you and being like, oh, I'm going to say not only the name of the album, but the year it came out and the record company that put it out. And, you know, you know, I'm just like, you're... Using words you don't need to use, but my favorite movie in that we're, we're on a movie kick, well, and I'll, I'll get off is Free Enterprise, mm-hmm. which I don't know you've seen. Yes, yes I've seen it. Seen, okay, yeah, yeah. which is just amazing. Yeah, Rob, you ever seen? Oh, we'll I talk, have not. We'll talk later. Okay. <laughs> All right. So from books with words to comic books, um, Rob, why don't you start? I want you to tell us what were some of your favorite books or book this week? Uh, yeah, I have two. Okay, uh, the. Green Lantern Annual that came out last week. Okay. Uh, that was Jeff Johns and uh, Woods and Smith did the art. Uh, finally, it seems with the past couple of issues that Johns is getting back into his flow and, you know, kind of being able to do everything he was doing before, before this whole relaunch happened. Because Green Lantern is one of those books that kind of seems like it. it it wasn't touched by the yeah, reboot. No. <laughs> uh, so the reboot slowed it down a little where he had to kind of just build up a couple of different characters. But now it's, it's just getting back into, you know, the Black Hands, uh, greater plan, what the Guardians are trying to do. Uh, there's a new whole uh, who was the first Lantern that's not giving anything away. Right. You still don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. Um it's just great because Blackest Night, uh, Sinestro War, those were excellent, excellent stories. Mm. So I'm, I'm just very glad that he's able to, you know, be able to work all this stuff back in and, and just make it feel like it was before the whole reboot. So. Yeah. Well, one of the things we talked about this a couple times, actually, because I was reading Green Lantern for a while. Um, it doesn't feel touched. It, it feels like what he was doing right before the, uh, the relaunch. And I had a kind of a problem with that because it's supposed to be the relaunch of a universe. And you're dealing with a character that isn't as well known as, say, Batman, who you don't really have to reboot that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you feel like maybe during this, Johns really wasn't on board with the whole idea of rebooting the universe? Um, and I was, and do you feel like the reboot hurt the book for the first maybe you know eight issues or nine issues or what have you? 
Uh, I definitely think it hurt the book for a couple of issues, maybe mm. three or four, okay. where he just had to throw filler stuff in just to kind of catch everyone up with what's going on. Right. And I, I think that he wasn't on board at all. Okay. Uh, I mean, again, rumors are rumors, but I've heard multiple rumors of him, you know, having to leave cons because he was unhappy with or, you know, sad about the news and he didn't want his stuff touched. He's he's worked these characters up into, you know, basically the top DC books at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for them to go and kind of cut it all down and start it all over, he, he felt bad about that. Right. Again, like I said, those are rumors, but when you read them multiple times, it, it kind of just sticks in your head, so... Well, his strengths have been, as he's going to do with the Justice League yeah. re-reboot as, right. as he starts forward here, is to take characters that are underutilized, mm. underused, give them new life, mm. find a new angle to tell the story. Well, if everything starts at zero, his yeah. strengths are out the window. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so this Green Lantern annual, this is continuing the events of the last couple issues of Green Lantern? Yep, it's continuing the events, kind of tying some storyline stuff up. Uh, and then launching it, it's it's a prologue into the whole uh, the third army. Is that the name of the? Yeah, the, that's yeah the the, uh, the rise of the third army. The rise of the third army. Yeah, correct. The, the Green that's Lantern it. event that's going to happen, right? Yep. So yeah. that's uh, three or four issues in each of the Green Lantern book, mm-hmm. uh, and all of those together equals the next big Green Lantern story. Right. So when did uh, the storyline that's happening now in Green Lantern start? As far as the New Fifty Two run goes i mean technically from the beginning oh so it's the same it's yeah. like the same story arc okay yep it's sinestro stuff uh black hand kind of pops up again three or four issues ago but again it it literally deals with all of this blackest nice stuff you still mm-hmm. have the the indigo tribe and right you know, so all the colored tribes that are trying to deal with the ramifications of what uh black hand started and where he is now and the Guardians kind of changing sides. So it ends some of that, but then it just brings up a lot of new questions into the new storyline. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, what what else do you have for us? Uh, just a quick book. I know every time I'm on, it seems like I pick a Spider-Man book. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Avenging Spider-Man 11, I know oh. Bob, Bob had mentioned it last week that it, quote-unquote, should have been the anniversary book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Zeb Wells did that, uh, Dylan did the art, um, probably one of the most <laughs> powerful Spider-Man stories that I've read in quite a while. Uh, I know that around Twitter, I saw people talking about it saying the same kind of thing, very emotional. Yeah. Uh, hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. yeah. I will agree with that. Hit me like a ton of bricks too. I think we all were kind of there. Um, there was actually one Twitter follower of, uh, Talking Comics that did not like it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. He said oh. it was very redundant. Okay, and the art was like putrid. I did not actually. I will. I did not like the art. No, I didn't like the art. No, his his art. It. I don't know. You, I was not a fan to, of the art. It, no. it just it did. It looked. They it looked was, sickly. Yeah, they did look sickly. <laughs> there was just something not. I like. I. I think I. I got very emotional about it, and I think I was emotional about it in spite of the art. Mm-hmm. You know, I was connecting with the writing so much because the emotion stuff on the face is just they. They didn't play for me. Uh, yeah, if you had had a more expressive face. Palette, yeah. so to speak, instead of three quarter with pointy noses. Yeah, yeah, not a great choice for art, but story will amazing. Yeah, Zeb Wells is all of the issues of avenging that he's done. I think have been really quite great, mm-hmm. and I liked his Carnage USA 
many that he did. Oh yeah, yeah. This year, yeah. And that's leading up into more Carnage stuff later. Yeah, minimum so, Carnage, right? Yep. Yeah. Very so. happy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's with uh, Scarlet Spider, right? Is going to be a, a, a yeah. In that it's going to go through Scarlet Spider, Venom. So yeah, it'll, it'll touch through all the the Spidey offshoots. Very cool. Um, what do you, you like? You said you loved Avenging, loved, right? Bob? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Again, I the story in the actual was six ninety two was the. Yeah, fiftieth mm-hmm. anniversary. Yeah, yep. we're good stories. Yeah, but this, I think of Spider Man as Peter Parker as much as I do Spider Man. Right, and to have a whole issue of just basically Peter talking it over with May, flashing backwards. I don't want to ruin anyone's mm-hmm. tears because I think we all had those <laughs> here, and you should you should get to this book. If you weren't picking it up because you thought it was on the outside, the, the, just the little one shots, mm-hmm. this delivers. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely, just a wonderful book, and I think it needed to be the lead story in six ninety two. You could have put Alpha in Avenging very, very easily, and it would have played. And this for people to pick up your anniversary issue and see that and understand who Peter and May are together, what Ben means to both of them, killer, yeah. killer stuff. What about you, Steve? Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was um, it was cool that we had the Spider-Man podcast you know, just the week before because we were talking about why we love the character so much. Mm-hmm. And all of the stuff that I was talking about that we were all talking about as far as like the emotional punch that Spider-Man is able to deliver, that it just so happened that a, an issue had just dropped that will be remembered as one of those very issues. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, the art was a little something to be desired. I th- you know, they're a little scary. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I think it was the teeth. Like the, the, the mouth, teeth and the lips, the mouths. Yeah, yeah. they all have like yeah. hot dog lips. Or There's something. a part where Aunt May was like crying, and she looked like a zombie to me. Yeah, <laughs> the one where, where, where he walks. I can't say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I know which. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, as far as like as as emotional content and and depth of character to characters, um, you know, it was. I mean, there there were a couple of themes that were repeated, but it's it's repeated for a reason. Yeah, it's to you know to drill it into you, and I know that we've heard it before, but it isn't it isn't a bad thing to be reminded of why you know Spider Man or Peter Parker and Aunt May why they struggle with what they struggle with, and to do it so well mm-hmm. and and have something that's been repeated so many times be fresh and still affect readers as much as it did online for you know everybody else that really loved it that yeah. I loved it. Um, that's quite a feat. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's a, it's a kudos to, to Zeb Wells just for, for making something that's been done before, uh, for doing it well again. Yeah. And it's an anniversary issue. So it's the time to celebrate right. the things that have made him great over the years. You know, it's not like this is the middle of a story arc that they're taking a break to tell a story you've heard before. You know, this is, it doesn't begin the issue that it's Zeb Wells is, you know, tribute to the, to the characters. Sure. So, I, I think it's very, very fitting. And, and I thought it was a great story. So I, I believe those things that make these characters iconic do need to be revisited from time to time yeah. just to remind people that you know, Captain America does what he does because. Right. Or Superman or Batman or whatever. that You need to reference them. Because not everyone reads 60 years of these books. No, absolutely not. So throw it in there every yeah. now and again. Just, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, you also, you took home Spider-Man Blue last week and then read that. So what do you think of that? Uh, it was a big week for Kleenex in my house. Um, <laughs> I, I was to in, read that damn book. I, I got a few, by the way. I, oh, I, sweet. I yes. was in the city Wednesday. I bought a copy of the trade for oh, myself. Yeah? I just loved that. The last... I, I can't say... Any, a lot of spoilers here. Yeah. The last 
section yeah is just stupendously deeply emotional mm-hmm. and but it doesn't feel put upon lathered no. onto it it's all very organic you revisit all these great moments of Spider-Man history in little bits and pieces it's a panel here or there it's this get together at the coffee shop you know flash is going into the service it's mm-hmm. all these little things and they never stop to try to tell you oh what year this is or whatever just go for it just yeah. read it and enjoy it everyone should get Spider-Man Blue very nice, very nice. And thank mm-hmm. you, Rob, for those books. No problem. All right, so, Bob, why don't you go next? Why don't you tell us what okay. your books of the week are? A couple of quick hits. First of all, you were definitely right about Dr. Manhattan, which awesome. I would have passed on otherwise. Little bits with his dad are just mm-hmm. so amazing, and the whole quantum physics thing, so I'm kind of a buff on that. It's nice to see it put down there in the way it should. Yeah. Uh, on that front, I was going to pass on Minutemen this week. Mm. Oh, yeah? And I'm glad I didn't, because honestly, Darwin Cook has been doing the best job on any mm. of these things so far, with Silk Spectre coming today. Yeah. Um, you yeah, get yeah. a lot of extra stuff there, too. It, it really is enhancing. Yeah, this is the first issue where I feel like it's starting to be, it started to feel, um, you know, to use Stephanie's word, necessary. You know, I, it started to expand on characters, it started to fill in gaps. Yeah. You know, and I, I like that a lot. Yeah, a lot more with Silhouette, so we get to start to see yeah, exactly. where that's going to go. And some of the comedian, too, you know, yeah. dealing with all that whole situation. So uh, I'm pretty sure Steve read uh, Future Foundation 20. I did not. <gasps> I know. Okay. I know. <laughs> the, the just, it is, he's starting to tie up the loose ends. Uh-huh. Um, there is a wonderful Reed and Sue scene. They're sort of alone on the space station. They've sent the kids Ooh. away. Yeah, and ju- just read it. He's and stretchy. <laughs> there's a there's a panel where she gives him a look, and I, when I wrote the word "look" down, he had an extra O's because it's a look, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> which needs to be seen. Uh, Captain Marvel three this week was spectacular. It was awesome. Continues um, to be yes. fantastic. And uh, speaking of fantastic, there's an uh, to me the island they're on. Yeah. Goes all the way back to FF64, which is the first time you see the Kree. Okay. But now we're seeing it 20 years before. Interesting. Because that's where they, the sentry first appears. Right. Okay. They're trying to go on vacation. Uh-huh. And the thing throws a dart at, 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 the, at a map of the world, and they go to some dopey island where there's a giant robot ready to kill them. <laughs> so that's all the little things. My book of the week, though, is from Boom Studios. It's Steed and Mrs. Peel by Mark Wade okay. and Steve Bryant. I should have picked that up. Yeah. Well, it's got eight covers. I'm sure I'll, I'll, plenty I'll, go, of I'll go to look tomorrow. I'm going to do a little shopping. It, mm-hmm. is, it is very hard to have these sort of adaptations. There are a lot of them around at this point. And have it feel like it's necessary, mm-hmm. to use Stephanie's word. <laughs> it, just, it just opens with this wonderful pre-credit sequence that would have on the television show. Here's a mystery, and it's really bizarre and strange, and what just happened and we have to bring our characters into it. And where we go, the two of the covers I have here, which are both sort of X-Men homages, because we're visiting the Hellfire Club here, mm-hmm. which Byrne and Claremont borrowed from this television episode, Touch of Brimstone, from 35 years ago. They just like playing mischief, generally, but here it's a little bigger. Mm-hmm. And there's some scientific, diabolical, mastermindy kind of stuff. It's a lot of really cool spy stuff. But what we have is the chemistry between the two characters. Right. And if that doesn't work, which I, I have the other mini from a couple of years ago here in the Grant Morrison one, didn't quite work. It kind of fell flat. 
it's done really, really well here. I can't wait for issue one of this, frankly. Yeah, oh. I, I read it as well. And yeah, I tell you, I read it before I read your review that you put up on the site. And, you know, I, I did not enjoy it, but it definitely took me time to get into what was happening and kind of the, the tone and tenor uh, of the language, mm-hmm. you know? Because I can imagine you reading it, you're hearing the character voices in your head, but sometimes when I read something for the first time, especially something very stylized, sometimes it's just my voice in my head saying it back that. and forth. I yeah, hate my voice. I know. And it gets, and you know, and no, no fault of the book, I start feeling like, oh, this just feels like too much, you know, because I'm hearing myself say all these lines back and forth. Um, it is very snappy, and I can definitely feel that kind of old style, you know, patter between those two characters. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked it, and it... I want to get issue one and I want to give it another chance, you know, but it, it didn't for me. It was, I actually, after I read your review, I liked the book more because okay. I knew where, you know, it, 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 it gave oh, me good. context from mm-hmm. what, what the book was. Um, but, you know, it was weird because I'm reading it and I'm really excited about it. Just like I was excited about The Rocketeer the week before, another Mark Wade book. And, you know, I, it didn't gel with me completely. It almost felt like, because I was hearing in my head, almost felt to me like parody. You, you know, like I felt like I was like reading an issue of like an Austin Powers, you know, uh, comic. Well, the odd thing is the Avengers as a television show, once we get uh, the short version of their long history, the Avengers television show began before the James Bond movies did. It began okay. in 61, 62 with Steed having a male partner, a guy named Ian Hendry, who left to go be a movie star, which never happened. Uh, they had scripts laying around, replaced him with a female partner. It was Honor Blackman, who'd be Pussy Galore and Goldfinger. And they gave her the male scripts mm-hmm. to do. So she was television's first liberated woman. She left to do Goldfinger. They replaced her with Diana Rigg. Th- Once we got to Diana Rigg, they were doing parodies then of James okay. Bond and Uncle. It was never meant to be straight serious. Okay. It was always tongue-in-cheek. Okay. And that patter between them is just what you should hear. As I pointed out in the review, for those who haven't seen the show or have only seen the movie, watch some of the episodes. They're, they're not easy to come by anymore. I have some of the DVDs here. The, the DVD sets go for hundreds and hundreds of dollars now. They're, they've oh, all wow. gone out of print, but they're, they're, oh, I'm sure goodness. they're around on the internet. Once you have Diana Rigg and Patrick Nee in your head, this book will fly for you. Okay. I, I wanted, I didn't want to say I wanted to hate this. I was leery. Mm-hmm. You were ready to hate it. <laughs> I was ready to hate it. There was no question. But I truly loved it, and I'm, I'll am i go to the mat on this one. This People should definitely try to pick this one up, because this is gonna, it's going to happen. This is going to sell out in all eight of its covers. Of course. Yeah. And it's going to go through the roof, and then by the time you get to one, people are going to say, oh, I can't do it anymore. Get it now while it's still around. Oh, it's, it's, it's funny you mention like, the voice that you write it in. Uh, because I don't know if anyone's ever played the old uh, No One Lives Forever PC game, the one with the the secret agent lady that it's kind of mock- mocking the uh, Bond movies. Mm-hmm. No, no one no, ever played it? No, I've never played it. No. I know what it is, but I've never played it. Oh, my God, they're amazing. But <laughs> those are the exact voices I use, because I never watched these shows before. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I remember seeing all the old books laying around the shop and stuff, but I, I've never read them before. Mm-hmm. So I... I loved the issue. It was, you know, I just read it in that mocking tone. And right. again, reading Bob's review kind of elevated how it, how it read to me. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. Again, knowing the fact that it's supposed to be mm. sort of parody uh, of those things, it makes the book, you know, work a little bit more yeah. for me. Because I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm like, is this supposed to be like serious? Because he's like beating people up with a cane, you know, and it, uh, and, it, and his bowler with a, with steel in the brim of the hat. Exactly. So right. I'm like, this feels like what they do in Awesome Powers. You know, if it's if it's supposed to be a very clever send up of the, that genre, then then yes, then it clicks yeah. for me a little bit more. But they always the danger was there. There was always real peril for them. Bad things could have happened, but they were handled with this really really particular sort of lightness that worked right for the show. The book itself might as well be an episode. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it has okay. that sort of feeling. I I do have a slight quibble with the art. Okay. Um, more backgrounds. Okay. It's a really open... I know what they're going for, but mm-hmm. tighten that up. That's, that's a very minor quibble, however. Okay. Very nice. Um, I'm going to go next, and I'll let Steve close out the, uh, the segment. Fine. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so right. I'm going to continue uh, some of Jeff Johns' talk. It's a Jeff Johns type of show. Hey. So I'll talk about two books, actually. Uh, first, um, Aquaman 12 came out. Uh, and it's the first issue I've, I kind of I've I've read you know kind of coming on the stance it's like issue two I caught up in the last couple of weeks and oh wow and it was it's great you know and it continue it's very satisfying and it it's it's one of those issues that makes me sad that the, the zero issues are coming because it's gonna it's because this isn't the end of an arc it's the it's the issue issue before the end of an arc mm-hmm. so I now I have to oh. wait two months till this is the the finale of this 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 story um, but. You know, I don't want to give anything away because at this point we're deep within you know what's going on and twelve issues worth of story. But you know, Aquaman is fucking badass. He's badass as hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone around him it, it, it feels out like a great cast of characters. I love the, the the team, the others that that he surrounds himself with. Uh, Mara is a, is a really cool character. I love mm-hmm. Mara. Um, and you know, I've read some Aquaman stuff before, and her character—this feels like a very different version of that character. Mm-hmm. She's much, much stronger. She's in charge. Yeah, she, yeah, a liberated woman, as, as Bob said before. Um, and the art is is beautiful. Uh, really, Ivan Rice, right? Is the, is the artist on mm-hmm. it? Correct. It's great, and it's really, really the kind of writing that I love to see from Jeff Johns. Um, and the other book he had out this week is obviously Justice League um, number twelve, and it made a lot of waves because of the cover. Superman kissing Wonder Woman, and I said in my review, I, I, I kind of I understand why they did it. It's a great marketing move for them. It got people to buy the book who never would have bought the book, mm-hmm. you know. But the truth, truth of it is, and we talked a couple weeks ago about covers that you know had stuff that was actually in the book in it, right? This does have something in the book. It has a mo- a, a big moment from the book, but I, I wish that it had not been on the cover, you know, because it's a really big moment when it happens in the book. And if you've been reading it since issue one, it makes sense. It's, it's a moment that feels organic that it, when it happens in the book. It's these two characters who are just miserable. You know, like they, she's had all this trouble with Steve Trevor and she doesn't quite know what it, what it means to be in a relationship yet. And, um, and, you know, Clark is, he's talking about how he's, you know, having, I, he has a secret identity to protect the people he loves, but he ends up having to lie to everyone all the time. He's never completely honest with even the people he's closest to. Because in this continuity, obviously, Lois does not know, who, you know, and they're not together. Mm-hmm. So it, it, when, when the moment happens, it, it kind of makes sense, you know, and, and it's a big moment. And ha- to have it 
shown already is a little bit disappointing to me. I would have liked to have come to that moment without knowing that it was going to happen. Right. Turn the page and there's the full page that's the cover as exactly. the page after the to-be-continued page. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and it's not, you know, the cover is also them, them in front of a sunset kissing. It's not nearly that, like, you know. With him tied up. Yeah, yeah, by her. It's nothing like that, you know. Okay. It comes at the end of a really interesting conversation, I think. Uh, I really liked it. But there's also a bunch of great moments in the book. And I think it's, if not the strongest issue of the book, the, the second strongest. Because I think the beginning of this arc was very, very strong. Uh, it, it ties up a lot of loose ends. It begins to add into these characters the things that Johns does with all his other characters, which is to make them vulnerable and flawed. You know, I mean, and one of the criticism against Johns and his stuff is very, it gets very dark. You know, but that's what he does best. You know, and and to this point, the book has been very splash pagey, very people punching people, and it's been g- nice to look at. But the the real character stuff hasn't been there, and this issue starts to pay off things that they've been setting up for the whole the whole run of the book. The little things that you think mean nothing early in the run come back in this issue to be the reason why people do certain things, you know? And I, I really like that. There's a moment where they're all, after they kind of beat the bad guy, which is only like halfway through the book, there's um, there's a moment where they're all in the watchtower and it seems like it's gonna, it should be a celebratory conversation. But it turns into this conversation where they're basically realizing that the thing that they thought they were, that people have told them that they were, which is this amazing group of heroes who saves everyone, that's not who they are. They're not living up to the reputation that they already have. And I just thought it was really good. And there's a great moment with Hal. And I just don't surprise that Jeff Johns yeah. writes the Green Lantern character very, very well. Um, and Aquaman has a big moment in it as well, which is obviously no surprise either. But, you know, it, it just works really well to me. And I wonder what you, you've been reading it the whole time, right, Rob? Yeah, I have. What do you think of the issue? I liked it. Yeah. Uh, I could see kind of why they did what they needed to do mm-hmm. also like you were saying i i just don't like it though so. okay <laughs> i mean the actual like relationship you know, thing correct yeah, okay. yeah, yeah i don't like the relationship okay. at all i just think it takes away from the character of superman i think that he's trying so hard to to fit in with humanity that you know then going along and and dating a superpowered woman someone that you you know, she's in trouble. You don't have to go and be like, oh my God, something's going to happen to her, like mm-hmm. Lois. And then that, that just take, takes you away, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I agree. I think what you have here is I, I don't know what's going on in the Superman proper books and how they're writing them over there. Nothing, Nothing at all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good then. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. but um, it's, um. a, it's a reversal. It's how you think of him. Is he Clark or is he Cal? Mm hmm. Now, he gets shot here as an infant, but he's raised by the Kents. So yeah. he's Clark Kent from Smallville. Mm-hmm. Clark Kent from Smallville doesn't date Wonder Woman. So we have to see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. You know, this could be something that when Byrne and Perez did it, they tried it. Realized, they realized going in it wasn't going to work. Play with it for two issues, and they went away. Right. Um, so we'll see how that goes for the future. Mm-hmm. We're looking now, you know... Six months out, eight months out, and right. see how it works itself out. Uh, Diana is a different Diana here than she mm. was previously. She's, 
uh, a part of a race who's willing to stoop a whole boatload of soldiers and kill them. <laughs> so it, maybe it's a praying mantis thing. She'll rip off Superman's head with her lasso and move on. We'll have a new Superman, too. Yeah, and I understand that, you know, it's the whole relaunch thing, so Superman's supposed to feel different. Mm. I just think as a whole, it just makes it a little weird to me. Okay. Uh, but I am very happy for stuff that they've set up otherwise, mm-hmm. other than the relationship, uh, you know, just with all the little coming soon panels and the splash page in the end. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about that later, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about it. I mean, they, they introduce JLA at the, mm-hmm. in, the, in the last page of the book. Obviously, the big, the big, you're talking about that big spread, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, which we kind of talked about last week a little bit. And they're obviously setting up an idea that the League, because of the problems they're having, is going to not be able to... There's, there's going to be another league that needs to step in to, to kind of be the police here because the Justice League wasn't ready to do what they were going to do. They weren't really a team. They're just a bunch of people that are together. Um, and it's, you know, kind of says, like, in the end, like, a new league will have to step up, and then it leads to the splash page of the Justice League of America, um, which Steve Trevor is a part of. So it, there's a lot of Steve Trevor stuff that happens in Justice League. And the scene between him and Diana, I think, is very, very good, and he's in the hospital. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so... But I interesting, Steve, you obviously read like a first couple issues of it. I read one through six. One through six. And then you just stopped reading it, um, yeah. understandably so. And yeah. you, picked, well, you picked up this issue and you read it. I did. So what did you think? Somebody who just picked it up, which a lot of people might be doing. They're picking it up to read it because this big thing is going on. What did you take away from it? Well, I've been listening to you guys, and I, I've, I've come to the, to the realization that anything that I have to say is probably very obvious, but I guess <laughs> I'll say it anyway. Um, for someone who hasn't been reading it, who mm-hmm. hasn't been keeping up, um, I did not care for the issue in really any way, shape, or form. Um, I thought that the the situation that the villain had placed them in, I liked that. I liked the concept of it with all of their all of their past coming back to haunt them. That whole bit. I mean, I I love that kind of crap. I, right. I thought that was really cool. Um, but as far as the build. Um, to hear, to hear you talk about it, like, I wish that I had kept on reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for someone who's like, let's say we're mentioning the cover thing yeah. about how people went out and they bought it because of the cover. Mm-hmm. I, I did that mm-hmm. because we're doing this. Yeah. I gotta be in on, on, you know, the big hoopla or whatever. Right. And reading it for that reason and that reason alone, it's not a satisfying issue. Even the moment that you know is coming mm-hmm. to me was not satisfying because I, in all honesty, I'd completely forgotten about the whole thing with Steve Trevor. He wasn't even on my radar. Right. Um, when I think of the Justice League, I think of the team. I don't think of other characters that are meandering around in the book, mm-hmm. regardless of their significance. Um, and it was like, you know, peril, 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 come down, and then you had the moment. And for me, what for other people was like, you know, very well set up and very tender and very this and very that to me seemed like two pages, bam, done. And then, and it, there was no buildup. Uh, I did not, I mean, maybe in their words, I felt the weight of, of their circumstances. But um, as far as being satisfied with it, when I closed it, like I remember I, I read it with somebody else in the room and within like the last three or four pages I was reading, I was like, am I done with this yet? Um, it's a, it's a very negative opinion of it, but um 
I, I honestly, I think that if I had been reading it, just like any other comic, that if you know all the ins and outs, it'll be much more rewarding for you. Right. But as someone coming in off the street who saw the cover or saw the news story and wanted to pick it up for that reason, I think that they would be ultimately disappointed. Absolutely. And it's, it's, that's one of the reasons I wish that the big deal had been made, just because it's, it was the end of an arc. You know, it's the end of a four-part arc. So anybody picking it up is not going to get anything out of it. It's not, it's not in the beginning of an arc. You know, it's not, so it's, a, it's not a standalone issue. It's in part of a much larger story. So yeah. that's a problem. I will say one thing, Rob. I understand, like, the idea of, like, you know, you say the thing about him not having to go in and save Lois, and you say it in a negative way. But honestly, that's not a, I don't, like, one, that's one of the most boring things to me about some superhero stories is that when the hero always has to save his girlfriend, you know, I, I want to see other things. I, I like, you know, I love the, the, the Peter Parker stuff and the Mary Jane stuff and all that, but the, my least favorite thing about any of those stories is, you know, the continuous peril that they're put in, you know, where it's like, how do we get Spider-Man to come here to face the villain? We'll just take his girlfriend, you know, and, and that feels to me like it's lazy writing and that this relationship eliminates that, you know, t- to me. Um, whether or not it ends up working out, you know, who knows? Because it could it could be a disaster. Mm-hmm. But for that reason, I would rather see him date somebody or be in a relationship with somebody with if he can be with anybody that can defend themselves. You know, so I don't have to worry about that story because I'm honestly tired of that story, me personally. So no, I I totally understand yeah. that. Like I said, to me, it it takes away from what the character was was trying to be. You right. know, trying to fit mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. So he was dating a, a human. Right, yeah. Uh, ag- again, the, the saving part, that, that's just part of dating a human. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yes. Uh, so obviously that, that part can be boring about mm-hmm. it. So then just don't even have him with anyone. Right. You know, I mean, just just keep going. Right, yeah. c- keep going stories of, of just him being him. I mean, we're only 12 issues into this. It's only a year in. They've certainly done nothing with the character. Yeah. So this, this is the first, I guess semi-interesting, newsworthy story that, that Superman yeah. is part of. Yeah. Uh, un- well, unfortunately, the, the Superman books have been bad. The, yeah. the Morrison stuff is, isn't up to par, Mm-mm. in my opinion. No. So. No. It's not. It, it started out good, but then it just kind of fell off uh, pretty quickly. And the Superman book has just never been good. It issue just, number six lost it for me. Of well, action? Yeah. Of, um, oh, Superman. Of action. Okay. Well, I mean, when you have a book that that's already on its third writer in one year, yeah. with with wow. the Superman title, that, yeah. that that is horrible. Yeah, you and Lobdell is taking over after the Zero issue, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Actually, he just wrote some of the Superman annual. Oh, did he? Which was terrible. So, <laughs> uh, I. Didn't like it at all. So keeping with the Superman that we've been seeing so far. Yay. At yeah. least it's consistent, right? <laughs> yeah. Yay. It's weird. It's weird that they... I mean, I, I should say that. I mean, I'm sure when they put Grant Morrison on the action book, they were figuring that was going to be the book that would be the standout Superman title. Mm-hmm. And it just has not been. Not, not been at, at all. all. No. Um, well, speaking of Grant Morrison real quick, though, Batman Inc. this past week was really, really good. Yes. I know it was supposed to come out like a month ago, but... It was pretty fantastic. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, we got to see Dick as uh, Batman again. Mm-hmm. And we hear him complain about the cape again, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, which which again is just another one of those things where he's one of the creators 
where his stuff doesn't have to be touched for, yeah. for the whole reboot. So. It also feels like a very... I know he... like Obviously, like I've been going back through the Morrison run, and at that point, he was like the main Batman guy. Yeah. At this point, it's like some weird offshoot Batman book when you read it. The thing is, it's so bizarre compared to the other Batman books on the shelf right now. Um, but really, really good. And especially the more I read the Morrison stuff in the back, the more I enjoy Batman Incorporated. It, b- it becomes richer and richer to me. And it made me really think about... You know continuity and, and how it's a double-edged sword in a, in a lot of ways. You know, wherein sometimes it's a real pain in the ass when you have to deal with it over a long haul, and sometimes it's like I just want to be free of all of this stuff that happened for all of these years. But there are other times when it's really yeah. rewarding. You know, I'm reading this Morrison stuff, and, th- and I'm you know I've read five years worth of stuff in, in you know three weeks or whatever it is of getting all the trades. Mm-hmm. But it's really rewarding to 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 have it all be one thing. You know, it's really rewarding. Yeah. And but there are times too when I'm like, I don't, I want to get it off my back. You know, but it's just an interesting. It must be a very interesting thing for these companies to kind of go through when they're deciding what to do with books. You know. Well, I think Marvel, for their benefit, created the Ultimate Universe. Mm-hmm. where they could really start everything over again but leave their other characters as they were. So you still had Reed and Sue with kids and a history yeah. and villains and the rest of it, but take a fresh look at it from another side. Now, they weren't all successful over there, No, but it was it was a neat effort to do that. Yeah, You know, when DC rebooted, in essence, by creating Earth 2 after having created Earth 1, it was, okay, all that other old stuff, it did happen, but mm. somewhere else. Yeah. This shoring, you know... It shored up the universe. It made everything have a weight and a gravitas, and it was there. Taking that away, it, you have shaky pillars underneath now. Mm-hmm. You're creating them as you go. Was it the Justice League that happened five years past or forward, or how did that work? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, the actual, the first runs of Justice League was five years before, right? That w- it was it was like the first superhero story or whatever, um, and. Uh, but action was happening even before that. Correct. Okay, that's what got me confused. All yeah, right. yeah. So Superman, again, was the first superhero. But, um, uh, yeah, so th- that was a problem for them. I mean, it, that seemed like making it up as you go along. It seemed like, okay, we want to do an action. We want to do Justice League as five years before. But we also want to do Superman story where he's not quite Superman yet. But he's got to be Superman in Justice League. So let's do a story that's even before that in action. But what's supposed to be, you know, it gets very, you know, well, that was the whole thing that happened with the whole uh, Robin situation, yeah. where in the first issue of Batman, you had Tim Drake there, and it said, formally Robin, yeah. and then oh, yeah, it was I'm like, no, sure he wasn't he Robin. Was. Yeah, and now they're saying he wasn't Robin. He just went right to being Red Robin. Oh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he, same, nice. he had the same origin. He, you know, found out how Batman was, blah, blah, whatever, but Batman just he trained him and he became Red Robin. He was never yeah. Robin proper. But in the first episode of, first episode, first issue of Batman, it says Tim Drake, formerly Robin. Yes. So, you know, it's a, it's a, you wonder if, issue. if, we should probably save this for the New 52 show, would yeah. DC ever consider making the New 52 the ultimate DC universe in essence and return back to, their um, old continuity. If sales dip, I think anything's possible. Yeah. <laughs> I think anything is possible. It, you know, it just... And it, when you talk to these creators, too, you know, we've, we've talked to Jeff Lemire, we've talked to Scott Snyder, we've talked to a bunch of people who wrote a new thing, too, and they all have said, not, not negatively, but all said, it happened really fast. You know, it, it, it was... It, all of a sudden, it was... And it was changing every week. It was, 
uh, a soft reboot. It was a harder reboot. Then everything was gone. Then not everything's gone. Just some of the stuff is gone. So there was obviously something when they changed regimes over there that people decided we're going to change this and we're going to change it now. So, you know, who knows? Yeah. Not all things need to be planned out to be, end up being good. But this beginning has been a little shaky, I think, because of those reasons. But, mm-hmm. um, Steve, we're finally up to you now. Hi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you got for us? Well, it's funny that you mentioned before how um, you were reading uh, Bob, Steed, and Mrs. Peel and how it kind of changed your mind. I read a book that I enjoyed to an extent, okay. and then I actually read a review of it um, by uh, our friend Joey Esposito. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up not liking it at all. <laughs> Because it was one of those books that you read it and you like it, but there's something about it that you Mm. know it's like it's like right beneath your brain, like it's nagging you. (laughs) Like what? I can't put put my finger on it. And what he did in his review and the book I'm talking about, I'm sorry, is uh, National Comics Looker Number One. It was a one shot. Um, What he did was he took everything that I was unsure about. And basically proved to me why it wasn't very good. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but it also taught me a valuable lesson. So I'm going to have to send him something and thank him that, um, you know, I'm obviously familiar now by now. I, I should should be, <laughs> damn it, with all this comic stuff. But every so often I'll forget that a one shot is just that. It's mm-hmm. a one shot. It's supposed to be one and done. You introduce your character, you have a story, and then you wrap it up, and it's done. I seem to sometimes still be of the mind that a one-shot is kind of like a precursor to something more. Mm -hmm. That I think that if this issue was part of something that was to come, like let's say in like two months they're going to start like an ongoing or a Mm five-parter that was going to jump off of this issue, I might have been cool with it. But as far as it being a standalone thing, um, just not very good at all. Mm-hmm. So um, the other thing I wanted to actually mention, uh, it's been out for a while, and it just finished with uh, issue number four, is uh, Curtis Weeb, his, uh, his series, Grim Leaper, which um, has been good all the way through, in my opinion. Um, it's very short, very sweet, very funny, very uh, bloody, and and just... It's it's cute. Like if if anything that's like you know disgusting and bloody can be cute, this is it. Um, it's basically about uh, these two people that keep dying and they keep being reincarnated and they keep finding one another by different means. And every time that they meet, they die again. Mm-hmm. And they begin to like enjoy the fact that they can keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, you know, it, it bites them in the ass. Right. Will they be able to find each other again? The whole bit. Um, but as far as like a, a quick, uh, it's going to be out in trade very soon. Four issues, very short. They have uh, little backup stories in the back, little like tiny love stories mm-hmm. in the back that are very, very cool. The first one's written by Joey Esposito. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, so there you go. Um, <laughs> it's just it was cool. It was um, it was very enjoyable, and um, it's not like one of those like deep love stories that's going to like stay with you or that like you know like a. Uh, I don't know, like a Gwen Stacy and, and Spider-Man thing where there's like really a lot of weight to it. It's yeah. just one of those things where like you read it, it was fun, it was creative, and you know, you'll hand it off to a friend if you want to like sit down for a night and read like a quick four-issue thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Grim Leaper from uh, Curtis Weeb. Check it out. <laughs> uh, really quick, Lock and Key came out with a one-shot called Grindhouse uh, this past week. I've never read Lock and Key before. Very, very cool. 
Um, I definitely I have from Rob's house. I have a ton of <laughs> Lock and Key that I've never read. So now I'm going to be diving into that. Um, it is worth worth it. Worth it. Yeah. No. I mean, it's, I I don't really know what the whole deal is, but in this. It was um, a bunch of criminals end up going into the house of Lock and Key and basically holding the people that live there hostage, and they turn the tables on them, and it becomes very bad for them very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as you know, stacking up the one-shots that came out with Looker and Lock and Key, Lock and Key felt like a quick little story, almost like a Tales from the Crypt episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so very, very, very cool. If you haven't read Lock and Key... Uh, I can definitely recommend it's by Joe Hill, um, Stephen King's son. Yeah. And uh, very, very neat. But my book of the week is uh, Batman Arkham Asylum Living Hell, which is a six-parter. You can actually find it on Amazon for only $10. Um, very, 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 very cool. Batman's in it for like two panels. <laughs> so be prepared for that. But what this is, is it's all about the villains of Arkham Asylum. I love that kind of stuff. I love being in Arkham. I I think I like being trapped in this place with all these different personalities and all these different, like, it's almost like like the real world of the Gotham (laughs) villain universe where it's like, you know, we're going to put them all in a house. You know, people are going to stop being polite. And they're all, like, ragging on each other's past exploits. The Riddler's, like, a walking joke Mm -hmm. in the book. They're like, you know, oh, we've got to secure the Riddler. And the security guard's like, he's 110 pounds soaking wet. And what has he ever done that's really put anybody in any kind of danger? I'm going to go to, you know, cell block C instead. It's like, well, you got to at least put him back in the cell. He's like, no, we really don't. Um, so it's very cool. It follows this, uh, this new inmate. He was, uh, I guess embezzlement was his thing. And he's kind of like skirted a bunch of different, uh, cases in the past. They've been trying to nail him forever. They finally find enough evidence on him to put him away. And during his trial, he pisses off the judge and the judge decides to teach him a lesson by throwing him into Arkham Asylum instead of like a regular penitentiary or in Blackgate. Poor guy, come on. You might as well just kill him. (laughs) Right, I mean, he's hired the best lawyers and, you know, he expected to get off and walk and they're like, nope, you're going to Arkham. (laughs) So, like myself, that if I was ever sent off to jail, I would be shitting my pants. Mm -hmm. I'd rather be dead. That's just me. (laughs) But anyway... They put him in Arkham, and you get like a like. A, it's funny that his name they call him Mister Fish, so they're they're taunting him, you know, whole like you know, oh, fishy fish, fish mm-hmm. the whole bit, and you get to follow him. He he gets put into the cells with these with you know the inmates and everything, um, but you get it's each issue focuses uh, as far as I can see on different. Uh, Jane Doe is one of the villains, Two Face, and what's I've only read four of them so far. Because I discovered today that I'm missing number five. Hopefully, I'll find it by the end of tonight. But uh, the standout issue for me so far has been uh, number three. It's called A Stitch in Time. And it focuses on the, uh, I guess, Humphrey... What is it? It's Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, it's Humpty Dumpty. But his name is like Humphrey Dumpty or something. Anyway... (laughs) He's obviously Humpty Dumpty from Fairy Tales. Now, what uh, it's written by Dan Slott, and what he's done is he's... I've never known the origin story of him. I didn't know if he was tied in with the Mad Hatter or anything like that, but he's his own thing, and his whole bit is that he 
fixes things. You know, Humpty Dumpty, yeah. they were broken. They put him back together again. So it's this little story of him before he got sent to Arkham, of him like going around Gotham and and running into like these little quibbles with modern day technology or people or things that he he deems are broken. And he goes around and he fixes them. The only problem with him is that he always seems to leave a part out or a piece missing or doesn't follow an instruction to the T and bad things happen. People mm-hmm. die, things fall apart, the whole bit. But it's done in a very um fairy tale sense. So you have a fairy tale within Gotham City and whenever he speaks, he speaks in like storybook rhymes. So it's a very cute, very clever uh, form of narrative throughout mm-hmm. that issue that makes it fun with all this like crazy Gotham rhyme scheming <laughs> going on. And um, I mean, all these, all these monuments throughout Gotham that you never really thought of as fairy tale elements that he points them out and he ties them up like on, on top of the the shoe repair store, the giant, the the woman who lives in the shoe or the kitty litter factory from Batman returns, Mm -hmm. the giant, the cat and the cow jumped over the moon. There's like a, you know, dairy shop down the road and all these things are tied into it that like fairy tales are what I grew up on. They're Mm -hmm. one of my absolute favorite pieces of literature ever that I was like, I was like entranced with this issue Mm -hmm. and um, just a really, really fun read. Uh, again, it's Arkham Asylum, Living Hell uh, by Dan Slott, and it's available on Amazon. It's like $10.19 for the whole thing. Awesome. So I strongly, strongly recommend it for Batman fans that are looking to spend some time in Arkham Asylum with some of the more obscure villains. Mm-hmm. Um, they do some of the major ones too, but it's um, Humpty seems to be the recurring character aside from Fish, who I think eventually we're going to see his him turn into a real villain by the end of the arc, I think, uh, is what will happen. Interesting. That's what you get for putting him in Arkham. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 cool because, I mean, not that he wasn't, you know, a dirty dog, but you talk about putting somebody in there who may not necessarily deserve... He deserves to be in jail, but does he deserve to be in Arkham? And maybe was he somebody that could have been rehabilitated that you put him in there and then he was corrupted, you know, right, by yeah. moving him from cell to cell and putting him, him in with these different personalities, he became more and more corrupted with each issue. Yeah, I'd have put Bernie Madoff in Arkham. I'm sorry. <laughs> right in there. So, very cool. Very awesome. Okay, great. So, a good book of the week segment. Um, we told you about books that are out that you should pick up. And now, when we come back after the break, we're going to talk about books they should pick up this fall. There's a chill in the air. The leaves are turning. <laughs> My allergies are kicking up. Yeah, it's fall, and uh, we got a lot of big books coming out. Summer is pretty much behind us. Um, AVX is ending soon. Hey, Next week it'll be over, and we've got a bunch of new stuff, both indie, Marvel, DC. A lot of new stuff kicking in in the next couple months. Um, obviously, the, all the Marvel Now stuff's coming up. The DC Zero issues are coming up. There's some new series being introduced, so we've got some stuff to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Bob, why don't you tell us, what, what, what are you jazzed about? Um, on the new front, yeah. from Dynamite, it's masks. 
Oh, yes. Um, Alex Ross. Yeah, yeah Rep Stones all, brought this up. Yeah. All the great old pulp characters all mm. together. And, and Ross hasn't done a series, I don't think, in a long time. Mm-hmm. Not it's, interiors like right. this, no. So I'm just really jazzed about that. Love all those characters and lumping them all together. I mean, we've seen some of them in combinations, but this is just special for me. And it's Roberson is writing it, too. Chris yep. Roberson's writing it. So that's pretty cool. It's a very good creative team. Yeah, that looks really exciting. I mean, obviously, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. So that's... It's got something right there. Um, what are what are some of the characters that they're? We've got the Shadow Phantom. Yep. Green Hornet. Daredevil. The the blue and red Daredevil. Correct. <laughs> not uh not Matt Murdock. No. 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 no this no. was way before then. Yeah, I figured as much. Yeah. Do we oh, have the little wise guys though to go with it? Yeah. Exactly. Is Mandrake in this? No. No, I don't think so. The spider part of it? Yes, the spider's part. The uh, spider, master yeah, of men. Good one, Steve. Very good. <laughs> Other characters with A's for a last name? Pantha? No, none of, them, none of those. Thunder. <laughs> They're using all those in, was it Prophecy? Prophecy, yes. yeah. They're all Prophecy. over there. They're all used up. All the A characters are in yeah. Prophecy. <laughs> Vampirella. And- yes, it's true. That's absolutely true. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, anything else? Uh, give us another one, Buff. Okay, sure. I'm some of the, on the newer front. Um uh, not to be, you know, no one's going to be surprised by saying, I want to read Matt Fraction's Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And his FF, obviously. Yes. Well, yeah. you didn't let me get to that. But sorry, I would sorry, have, sorry, step on my, my punchline. I'm okay, sorry. fine. Oh, I thought he was going to step on something else. No. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> the whole idea that I, I've seen a lot online where he's apparently reading through old FF books mm-hmm. for inspiration and guidance and whatever, it was obvious from what he's doing on Defenders that he's a student of Marvel history. Mm hmm. So if he's going to fold the kids back into the main book and we're all going to go on little road trips as a family and weird cosmic stuff is going to happen, he's already gotten the, gotten the memo. <laughs> so really jazzed on that. And the what was the Future Foundation looks to be a really quirky, bizarre book. And having Mike Allred do this on top of it, um, I'm, I know we, there's been some debate over It Girl it's it's the replacement Fantastic Four. They're off in space, and each of the group picks someone to fill in for them. So Ben picks the She-Hulk and, and Sue uh, Medusa. And it all sort of makes sense. Reed picks Scott Lang, the Ant-Man. I believe it's a Scott Lang Ant-Man. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Johnny Storm apparently picks <laughs> Lindsay Lohan to be in the FF. <laughs> And puts her in a in the thing exoskeleton from back in FF thirty nine and forty. <laughs> so on the cover, she's in. There's a thing body with a girl's head. But Are you being serious? Yeah. Oh, totally. That's, that's what he. That's what he's done. He's picked some supermodel celeb. It's not actually Lindsay Lohan, but it's right. someone a like. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah, getting yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no, a celebutant of some kind. You know, and sticks her in a thing exoskeleton. Right. That's hysterical. It's Makes sense say, for that's Johnny. The best role she's had in ages. Yeah. yeah. Well, she won't show up. No. <laughs> <laughs> she'll get in a car accident her way. Yeah, she'll be over. tired, and they'll, they'll arrest her in the thing suit stealing that's jewelry. Awesome, too. That's uh, up, upskirt of the thing suit while she's getting out yeah. of the limo. <laughs> uh, I, uh, Rob, are you excited about uh, the fraction? Yeah, very uh, much so. Uh, I mean, he certainly earned it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like Bob was saying, uh, he has a Tumblr going on where he's been reading Fantastic Four from issue one on, and every day or so he'll just pick a couple of panels, throw them up online, post them on Twitter, and just make funny comments. <laughs> so you know he's doing his homework, and it, it's going to pay off. 
Right. What about you, Rob? What, what, what are you excited about coming up? I got, got a bunch of stuff. <laughs> uh, I'll start out with, I guess, kind of new stuff. Uh, there's the new Morrison series coming out called Happy. That is on my list as that well. That is also on my list. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it's kind of like twisted mob stories, you could say. Uh, I mean, the solicitation for the second issue is he's stuck inside of a, a mob hospital, and there's a, a pedo... Uh, Santa Claus, like okay. going around killing people, and he has to stop them. You know, it's it's just twisted, crazy mob stories, or normal for Grant Morrison. Well, yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm I'm super psyched for this book. I'm I'm glad other people are are kind of. Well, yeah, I'm I'm on the I'm on the Morrison bandwagon right now. I'm kind of mm-hmm. like in the Morrison headspace, driving the train. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay, so yeah. let's see something that that people might not have heard of. There's a villain in Batman and Robin. The Mr. Pig villain yep, yep. who puts like different faces on people, like melts other faces onto people's faces, and it's really, really gruesome. It's <laughs> creepy. It's really totally creepy. creepy. He has like a pig mask on. It's really, really weird. Uh, there's a graphic novel coming out October 10th, I believe it is, uh, from Image. It's called Not My Bag. Cena uh, Grace is the... Oh, I read the preview for that. Yeah, he's the writer slash artist... Um, actually, he's the guy that does Little all of the, boy? well, no, he does all the letter columns and stuff for Walking oh. Dead. Oh. So you see okay. him, like, if you read all the letters in Walking Dead, he'll sit there and riff back and forth with Kirkman, like, responding to the letters. That's who it is. And actually, in issue 101 that, that just came out, there's kind of a little preview in the back of the issue of uh, of Not My Bag. But it's it's kind of a crazy, twisted, like, Devil Wears Prada Gothic-y oh. kind of book. Uh, looks really cool. 96 pages, again, from Image, mid-October. Uh, that, that's kind of tickling my fancy. <laughs> Steve, uh, what are you going to throw? We'll come back to you, Rob. Don't worry. Well, is it, is it strange that my number one book that I'm anticipating, I've already read? No. <laughs> uh, Rust, uh, Volume 2. Oh, right, yes. Oh, that's true, yes. Uh, by Royden Lepp is coming out October 16th. Um, I have read it. It is absolutely wonderful. Um, it is going to be a film eventually mm-hmm. by Joe Cornish, the guy who did uh, Attack the Block. Um, I highly, highly recommend that you pick up the first volume. It is mm-hmm. stupendous. Um, however, uh, my other most anticipated book, kind of a, an off-the-beaten-path, which I haven't <laughs> done in ages, it's true. It's true. Uh, is a book coming out from uh, writer Nick Spencer with art by Riley Rossmo yes. called Bedlam, yeah. number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what this is, it says, Fillmore Press was once Matter Red, a homicidal maniac and criminal overlord who terrorized the town of Bedlam for years. Then he got better. This is what happens next. Uh, it's going to be a double-sized introduction, introductory issue. Um, really, if you've seen uh, Green Wake, um, help me out, Riley Rossmo. Rebel Blood? Did Rebel Blood? Rebel Blood, yeah. um, Wild Children. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if you're familiar with that art style, absolutely just sick, really great pencil work. And uh, in something that Bobby absolutely loves, that I absolutely love, the color scheme for the book is oh, yeah. simply black, white, and red. Yeah. Um, just an absolutely awesome, mm-hmm. uh, just a very stark, violent, and jarring combination of colors to present uh, a whole book in. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, the art style is really cool. I'm not entirely sure what it's going to be about, 
But because of the people that are attached to it and the art style, I really don't care. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will care once I once I start spending money on it. Right. Yeah. But um, as far as anticipation, as far as look and style and and like namesake, uh, I'm super super excited uh, for this book, and I cannot wait to check it out. Yeah, that was on my list as well. Yeah, I that's, mean, uh, going to be dropping on Halloween. Oh, nice. Yep. Ooh. Yep. Ooh, uh, very spooky. very nice. Um, What's your list like, Bob? So I'll, I'll go over. We're, we're seeing we're doing a little we're going a little indie to start out. So I'll start a little indie as well. Um, you, uh, Retrovirus, which is a hardcover coming out. It's uh, uh, Palmati and Gray. Um, and I'll read the description real quick. It's uh, when Zoe, a brilliant young scientist who specializes in identifying extinct viruses, is offered a job at a remote research facility in Antarctica. She soon discovers her employer has unearthed a perfectly preserved Neanderthal. This is this is this only one of the many dark secrets lurking at the facility as Zoe races against time to stop a global pandemic. Ooh. So Ooh. seems like a little bit of the thing in there, a little bit of maybe some Lovecrafty stuff going yeah. on there, and good creative team. Uh, I'm pretty psyched about that. Um, I'm also excited. Uh, they do these uh, the Thought Bubble anthologies, which are from this Thought Bubble festival in uh, I think it's Leeds, England, and I think it's like a story festival. And the uh, the authors on this anthology this year are Warren Ellis, uh, Richard Starkings, Gail Simone. And Ivan Brandon and the art artists are Scotty Young, Dave Johnson, Sean Phillips, Fiona Staples, uh, Barry Kitson, uh, Boo Cook. Uh, so it, it seems like it, it may, I have no idea what they're going to be about, but that sort of anthology thing is something I really like. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Bob, back to you. Well, speaking of Fiona Staples, the Saga Trade Paperback, mm-hmm. which yeah. I only managed I to read. I had that too. <laughs> I've only gotten to read the first one, and I backed away because I want to read this in a lump. Mm-hmm. It just struck me as... I have them all. I'm still buying that thing. I <laughs> okay. love that series. Do we, we ask Rob here, extra features in the trade on this one, do you think, or do we have we heard anything yet? Uh, no, I don't think so, because it's a pretty cheap trade. I think it's coming out at uh, ten, yeah, $10 wow. yeah. For, yeah. for the first trade, which is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like Bob's saying, if, if you haven't jumped on this series, mm-hmm. for $10 to be so, able to... And to put it out so fast as yeah. well. Like, image image good is good about around. that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and at the same time, the Mind the Gap trade is coming out. They're putting out like two of these big series. Uh, oh, cool. Same price, 10 bucks. Nice. Uh, wow. I mean... Definitely walk into your store and buy this. Yeah. Now I'm doubly excited. Yeah. On that mm. same note with you, I'm excited for the secret trade paperback, the Hickman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been series. collecting that. It's good. So, and I haven't been reading because same thing. I want to just read it in a lump, you know. I, um, I like to do that with some of those indie books. I like to read them in lumps like that because they're very cohesive stories. So I like reading them in lumps and I'm excited when, when that one comes out. I think out. you'll like Secret. I've been reading it. It's really good. Cool. Awesome. Um, Bob, what else you got for us? Uh, now it's into sort of reprints. There's a, and I'll, I'll pass on to. Actually, I passed to Rob on this one after this. Um, it's the FF Masterworks Volume 14. We are now going even for, into, the, I guess, the 150s now. Okay. Late, is, last one got to 140 or 130? I, I think mid, mid-30s yeah. that was. So now we're into the Roy Thomas, John Busema issues, which were all great, too, because Thomas followed Stan. And mm-hmm. some neat little stories in there. We get the... Almost the resolution of Reed and Sue splitting up, which they did for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> they have a real marriage. Bad stuff goes on. And, you know, when you shut your son's brain down with a ray gun because he's going to destroy the universe, it tends to put a strain on your relationship. <laughs> so we're going to start to see how that plays out. Rob, where are you up to next? Uh, okay. So 
going towards the DC type universe. Uh, Talon, Talon's yeah. hitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I believe, James Tinian the fourth. Yes. Uh, with a little help from Snyder, just laying some stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, He's been doing work with the the backups in Batman, the uh, Fall of the House of Wayne stuff. Oh, okay. Correct. Yeah. And fantastic. The, the backup so. stuff was excellent. Yeah. yeah. And that's Gillian March doing the art. Mm. Uh, g- great concept mm-hmm. and I love all the Court of the Owl stuff so just to see someone still out there in a in a talent type suit mm-hmm. uh, I'm very interested to see where that's going to go Yeah. also back on to Morrison there's an issue of uh, Batman Inc. coming out Batman Inc. number 5 which plays off of back before the reboot uh, a Batman issue 666 Oh. And that's the Damien yeah. of the future. This goes back to the Damien of the future. Oh, boy. And that was the best <laughs> one-and-done stories. Awesome seeing oh. Damien. You, you read know, it. Yeah, you read that story. It was it, in the back oh, of... Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Right, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Take over the role yeah. of Batman like in the future. Uh, excellent stuff. So this is going back and kind of exploring. They always seem to do it around October, so... That this is the next the next incarnation I'll have to look of for that one myself. Yeah. That is yeah. very very exciting. Uh, Steve, I go now. Yeah, you go. Yay! Um, I'm actually looking forward to uh, BPRD 1948 number one of five. Really? I am. Um, I'm looking forward to it on the simple premise that we always always are reading out their books and yeah. nobody's been reading them. Yeah. Um, now, if I'm not mistaken, BPRD is part of the Hellboy universe? Yep. Okay, so that's like Lobster Johnson, Hellboy mm-hmm. and all that. Um, I could have jumped on to a BPRD arc that just started, but for some reason it didn't appeal to me. But the covers, not that the covers always tell you what's inside the book, but I'm just, they're very cool and I'm looking for, I like that going back Big monsters. Um, it was also in previews magazine. It was like the gem of the month. Okay, like it's supposed to be like the big book mm-hmm. of October for uh, I guess for Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that if you're looking to get into BPRD, that you should grab this up and and see if you like it. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's monsters. It's it's Hellboy. Yeah, like all yeah. that. All that. <laughs> yeah, all yeah, that, yeah. Hellboy's know, great. Mi- like mystical monsters and stuff like that. And given that it's October. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward that if it's, if BPRD is any good, that that will be my jumping off point into that universe and I get to read it from then on. Very cool. So I'm hoping for that. Um, as far as DC goes, there's lots of good things coming in October mm-hmm. uh, from DC. One of them being um, this thing coming out called Amikami Girls, number one, featuring Wonder Woman. Yeah, they've been doing a series of those, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess they're going to be first time in print um, uh, for the digital issues. They're inspired by these uh, figures that I've seen. Like I've seen them in, in previous magazine. I've seen them in all the comic shops. I've never bought one, but I, they're very anime-ish. Um, you know, big eyes, uh, very colorful um, the art design's really awesome. It's actually uh, Amanda Connor, the same artist uh, from Silk Spectre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, based on an art front, uh, love Wonder Woman, and I just think it would be cool to apply that art style into a comic book. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, that's more one out of curiosity, mm-hmm. more than mm-hmm. anything. I have no idea if it's going to be any good, but right. I definitely want to check it out. Didn't you order a Harley Quinn statue from? That was Koto Bokia. Aha. Yes. Okay. I have tons of those. Um, so then you have Legends of the Dark Knight, number one, written by Damon Lindelof, uh, Jonathan Larson, 
and art by Jeff Lemire. Yeah, they, they, it's collected of the digital yeah. issues. Yeah. So that's being uh, dropped on October 3rd. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, if you want to take it, I got more, but if you okay. want to... Okay, I'll, I'll go over a couple things. Pass um, the stick. On the DC <laughs> front, uh, Superman Earth 1 Volume 2 is coming out this fall. Um, I'm excited about that. Oh, sweet. Yeah, J. Michael Straczynski. Um, I am actually... Uh, a tandem thing here. Uh, Team 7, which we mentioned a little bit before. Um, I'm not really familiar with the team. I know it's a Wildstorm holdover, correct? Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of old Team 7 stuff. Yeah, but uh, the thing I'm excited about is the creator The creator is Justin Jordan, who did uh, The Strange Talent of Luther Strode. Ooh. He's the writer on that. He's doing that, and he's doing Shadow Man for Valiant, uh, and both of those I'm very, very excited about. And they're going to be dropping... Um, Team 7 is in September, and Shadow Man is in November. I'm also excited about the Green Lantern Zero issue. That's coming out this month. Uh, we're going to get the, the first Lantern. Obviously, that's the start of that. And he's going to roll over into JLA uh, when that book starts. So I'm excited to see what Johns does with that. Uh, again, I ha- haven't been reading ongoing Green Lantern, but I'm going to pick up the Zero issue because I want to learn about that character because I'm very excited about the coming of JLA next year. So those are a couple of DC things. I mean, all, obviously, Death in the Family, Death of the Family, sorry, the Scott Snyder Batman joker run that he's gonna yeah, be doing it's on my list yeah starting with yeah. 13 in that same vein also excited about detective comics and uh john layman and jason Fibook taking over yeah uh for tony daniel because i don't like tony daniel i just don't like his writing very much i read battle for the cow um and it just wasn't very good it's <laughs> just not a very good writer yeah i like his art but the writing is not very good um so i'm excited because i'm I want Detective to be a good book, so I want to I wanna be reading that. It should be a good book. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob, do you have anything else for us? Yeah, sure. Uh, on the DC front tomorrow, actually, it's World's Finest Zero. Yeah. Yes. I'm very happy to see the go back on this one, because I want to see what those characters were doing before. Mm-hmm. The brief glimpse we got in Earth 2 number 1, before everything sort of blew up. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of, oh, I want I want to see the relationship as the other characters. So that that's a goodie. Um there's a, a Wonder Woman archives coming. I, I, I haven't bought one of these in a while, so at 75 bucks, it was sort of sticker shock because it used Whoa. to be 50 and 60. It's the Andrew and Esposito Wonder Woman. So it's the after Harry Peter. They tried for a while to draw in that style. It's a, it's a lump. I think it's 14, 15 issues this time. So it's a, you get a lot for your money. The books would cost you hundreds and hundreds of dollars to reacquire. So I'll... I'll bite the bullet. It's got to go on. It's got to go with all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So, uh, I've got a couple of book books. Should we come back around? We'll come back around. Okay. Rob, get okay. us with some stuff. Well, along with the old archive stuff, uh, the new iteration of the history of the DC Universe that kind of goes ah. back with 75 years of, um, that's coming out. Paul Levitz had a lot to do with that. So if you want all this history and you just don't want to sit there and do the whole Wikipedia thing. You want something nice for the bookshelf. This is, this is always a good read, you know, pick is up that one a of the of... bigger. Oh yeah. Ones? Okay. Yeah. Quite big. I think it's again, like you said, like a $75 book. Uh, and then jumping back to image, there's a series coming out called non-humans and Ooh, it's kind of, title. yeah, I guess you could, do a mix of Venom and like Toy Story. Uh, <laughs> people I'm go trying up, to wrap my head around. Yeah, that. people yeah. go up into space, bring back something weird with them. You know, that I happens a lot. The yeah. symbiote, 
and it then possesses Ooh. toys and characters that we know and love and killer slinky. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> there are good ones. There are bad ones. Uh, it just looks like very slick art. Uh, I believe Portaccio is the artist's oh, name. Uh, Brun- Portaccio? Yeah, and Brunswick is, is writing. Uh, it just looks like a cool little quirky book, and I like stuff like that. So Very cool. Yeah. Steve, um, you got something coming out from uh, DC. It actually it also starts on Halloween Day. Uh, <laughs> called Lot 13. It's going to be a um, one of five, and it's written by Steve Niles, who is oh. responsible for 30 Days of Night, yeah, yeah, yeah. with art by Glenn Fabry, who uh, does Preacher. Oh, wow. So... Um, what it is is it's a family making a cross country move. Uh, a family making a cross country move makes a horrifying discovery in an old apartment complex. Can they survive the night? Um, very old school setup mm-hmm. sounds like. Yeah. Um, from the art that they give you in previews, I'm getting a very um, like American horror story. That is a very well, creepy picture, and that's just gonna right? be burned <laughs> into my head. Like you got this like this like, nice family portrait, but at the very bottom, there's like almost like a ghostly severed head. Okay, yeah. being included in the photo, mm-hmm. um, and that you know that that kind of stuff definitely uh, piques my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, from IDW because we haven't mentioned. No, we have yet, not really. I don't have not. believe. Um, there's a little something, it's one of three, uh, also from Steve Niles, uh, the writer, and uh, one of my favorite artists, uh, and I uh, guy I talked to, is Menton 3 oh, okay. from Monosite, have a new series called Transfusion that is coming out. I hate to keep on reading from these, uh, these things, no, but no, you're, you're educating me about them, so it's... <laughs> All right. Uh, in a future overrun by out-of-control machines and monsters, a handful of human survivors try to fight their way back to a normal life. But what is normal in a world where both monsters and machines need human blood? And which are the real bad guys? Find out in this horrific uh, new series by 30 Days of Night co-creator Steve Niles and Menton 3, the demented, uh, the demented artist behind Monocyte. <laughs> I just I read all of those things in that movie guy voice. Yeah. It's like in a future where. Yeah, in a future overrun by <laughs> out of control machines and monsters Very comes nice. transfusion. Yeah. Um That sounds cool. Yeah. And one more little one more little Halloween treat. I don't even think I need to open up the thing for this cuz I actually um contributed to the Kickstarter for uh Amy Reader's Halloween Eve. Oh, right. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be coming out also. On Halloween. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of Halloween books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Halloween's going to be a big day for me. Candy, yeah. <laughs> Sugar Overload, and comics. I'm just going to read them all at once. I'm going like, to line them up on my carpet in my living room and just have somebody like, grab me by the seat of my pants and throw me across the room and I'll read them all. Mm-hmm. It's quite elaborate. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. It sounds impossible, but yeah. good. Well, I have one on my list uh, in November from Image that I'm surprised you had mentioned. I don't know if you're saving it or not. Maybe. But... Uh, uh, Star Bright and the Looking Glass by oh. uh, Jonathan Luna. I, I I wasn't going to, but I'll let you. <laughs> I no, I can't start talking about that book because my forget it. I just no. I just wanted to bring it up. I, I wanted you to talk about it. I'm so excited. I know you are. I'm so excited. I got the press release from Image and I just forwarded it to Steve. And Steve wrote back to me, "Mine." Well, our friend, <laughs> our friend Lauren. I was looking through Previews Magazine with her, and she was like. What's this? She's like, this looks cool. And I saw what she was pointing at, and I just went, buy it. She's like, really? I said, yes. I'm like, you're making your list, right? She's like, yeah. I'm like, put it at the top. 
Yeah. Um, you want to tell people about it? No, go ahead. See if I want. I to... no, I don't. You I don't. don't want to... I can't start talking about it. Okay. Well, I mean, I actually, I was actually planning on you talking about it, so I just wrote down the name of it, so you, go, so you could. <laughs> Let's. We'll, you know what? I'll. Because we'll he figured to you would. We'll come back to it. I will go right. over some Marvel stuff that I'm excited about. Okay. Um. Well, we'll get to the Marvel now stuff, but I'm very excited about Daredevil: End of Days. Yes. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, it's been long time in the coming, right, Rob? Yeah, they've they've had that sitting on the shelf for quite a while. It seems. Yeah, a couple of years, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's obviously separate from the you know Mark Wade Daredevil run, right? Yeah, they they've done these with a lot of Marvel characters. They've done like Fantastic Four: The End or okay. Marvel Universe: mm-hmm. The End. So this is like the telltale final story of this character, right? Um, I think I was wondering about. I was looking through like solicitations actually on CBR, and one of the things they had I wasn't sure was a reprint was a book called Space Knights. By Jim Starlin? Yeah, that's old. It's old? Yeah. Okay. I was, I, was, I was doing research on it, and all I could find was, like, coming November 2012, but I, I was pretty sure it was a reprint. Coming November yes. 2012. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Um, Avengers Assemble, the, when Kelly Sudaconic and Stefano Caselli are taking it over in um, November, and I'm very excited about that, because obviously mm. she's pretty high on our lists yeah. right yeah. now. Uh, Carol Danvers authors. was a big part in that book, apparently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm very excited about that, and... Uh, this will come in no surprises to anybody, but uh, from IDW as well, uh, they're relaunching the Doctor Who comic with a number one, mm-hmm. um, with uh, Andy Diggle is taking over as series architect, and Mark Buckingham, who is artist on Fables, is doing the first arc yep. with him. Ooh. So I'm excited to check that out, because I have never really been able to read that stuff, even though obviously I love the character, because it's always been late it's always been like number 32 and i just don't know where to start or where to jump on you know and so this gives me a good jumping on point a good good author good artist so you know there's grant morrison i do know there's grant morrison doctor (laughs) stuff okay i'm trying to stay away from that right now okay jump farther down that rabbit hole when i type in already because i've bought so many grant morrison trades from batman on amazon they just pop up in my you should buy thing so there's like just I have so many like in my like in my save for later in my shopping cart. <laughs> what so do you I, think I'm stupid? I know I want it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I found the details. Okay, of hey. what little what little there is yeah. for uh, Starbright and the Looking Glass it says the 72 page hardcover mixes narrative with Jonathan Jonathan Luna uh, watercolor paintings, which I cannot wait to see, mm. focusing on the titular Starbright, a beautiful young woman and her animal friends, mm. and Aww. all. <laughs> An all ages, all ages story. Starbright is a challenging change of pace for the Lunar Brother. Blah 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 blah. Um, it's. I think it's going to be very um, not fables a series, but very fable esque. I think it's going to come off as a one of those like nice. I like. I'm picturing you know nice white thick hardcover mm-hmm. with like that gold embossment mm-hmm. stuff going on in the background, kind of like golden books right, material. Yeah. Um, and I think they're saying it's all ages. That's awesome because they don't really do all ages. Their stuff is usually very heavy handed. Right. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with something like that. Kind of like a, um, like fantasy. I don't know if the animals are going to talk like some Narnia action right. or what, but, uh, I don't know. I kind of, and, and plus it's short, only 72 pages. Yeah. I, I, I'm very, and the watercolors definitely intrigues me because they always go with the same art style to offer up something different this time, um, it'd be cool to see if they could, you know, kind of stretch themselves a little bit, or or if he can. Right, yeah. So, very cool. Um, I'm obviously very excited about the Mark Wade uh, Hulk book, Indestructible Hulk, 
uh, of the Marvel Now stuff. I can't wait to see what he does with that character because I've never really read... I mean, I've been reading the Jason Aaron stuff, but it, it just hasn't been clicking for me really a lot. So I'm excited to see a, an author, a writer I love, writing the character. Uh, with the Jason Aaron stuff, the, the one issue with... Uh the Wolverine and the thing. Yeah. When they kind of go out, that one was excellent. Yeah. I love that. And I, that's what I want. I want this to kind of, I mean, I don't want to say lighten up the Hulk, but, but change it so drastically like you did with, with the tonal change of, of daredevil, Mm -hmm. you know, to make us fall in love again, I guess you could say. Yeah. Which is what he said. He's, Doing is their whole thing is if you like the what they done with Daredevil, you're gonna like what they do with the Hulk. So where was the Hulk at this point? What's the Banner part of his head? Yeah, he's bald. He's bald, and Banner is back inside his head because they were separate for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And now it's it's like the opposite. Now it's he's default the Hulk, and when he's not angry anymore, he becomes Bruce Banner, who is this like evil, insane scientist. Yeah, so. And the, they, the only, what they've been doing interesting, and the only thing really interesting about it is every issue starts with the Hulk, this, this last, this, this stay angry arc they've been doing, is he wakes up and he doesn't know where he is. You know, he's like, uh, I, at one point he's, he's like floating in space, another time he's in Atlantis, you know, he, he's, he's, and those things are pretty cool. And he has to get out of the situation that he's in, yeah. and it's almost like Banner is working against him. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, he's trying to outsmart Banner. But he really can't, you know, because Banner is so much smarter than he is. So he's not working with all the information. Uh, so uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, but I'm looking forward to the re the reboot of it very yeah, much. I'm, sh- I'm sure he won't be evil Banner with Mark Waite. No, mm. I, I'm sure he will not be. So, Bob, back to you. Yeah, uh, a couple of book books. Uh, mm-hmm. One is Dave Stevens' uh, stories and covers, mm-hmm. where it's all the things that. He did, but that weren't Rocketeer, basically. Little bits of superhero stories, science fiction stuff, covers from horror books and all Mm. sorts of things collected in one big oversized hardcover. Okay. Uh, And then there's a book I've been waiting now. I initially ordered this for last February. It's gotten pushed five times now. Uh, It's an artist by the name of Matt Baker, who back in the golden age was... uh, I shouldn't say it this way, but it's probably the truth. He's the only African-American comic book artist in his time. And most famous for doing things like the original Phantom Lady. Well, actually, the second Phantom Lady, the, um, the reboot for Fox in 47. He was the, the original good girl artist. But it was never done for just pure titillation. He was just a brilliant, brilliant artist. He actually did some work for Marvel right near the end. He died very, very young. And there's always been speculation that Stan, who was giving him a lot of work, would have used him as one of the default artists when went when from Atlas to Marvel. So that Matt Baker might have been one of those architects back with Jack and Steve Ditko and those guys and passed away before he had the chance. He was, I think, in his middle 30s when he died. Oh, wow. So that's finally supposed to be out in about three weeks. But I'm not holding my breath <laughs> since it's, been, it's tomorrow's Wait press. Wait for number six. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tomorrow's press is notorious for being late with stuff. Mm. So here we go again, I think. <laughs> Rob. Okay. Well, come fall, come October is New York City Comic Con. It's true. Oh. And uh, I am super, super, super psyched for this year's Comic Con. 
Uh, it's probably the most fun I have all year, just getting together with, with old friends and new, and just heading into New York City, uh, awesome food places, just hanging out with like-minded people, uh, t- talking to your favorite creators, uh, getting tidbits of news that just hasn't been released yet, formulating opinions on what do you think's coming, who's doing the books, uh, new movies that they're talking about, trailers being released, uh, and especially this year uh, with with the crowd of people that you guys have put together <laughs> with with your show, that there's going to be a lot of people that, that want to sit there and meet up with y'all mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, just hang out, grab a drink, talk. Uh, I think this year is... is Gonna be hella fun. Bring it on. <laughs> We're looking forward to it. I agree yeah. with you. It is gonna be hella fun. We're definitely gonna set up now. I mean, so you guys know we officially got approved for press passes, so we're officially gonna Yay! be there all three days doing our thing and um we're going to pick a night. I'm pretty sure probably Saturday night. We'll probably do it. We're going to do a meetup somewhere at a bar, you know, so yeah. we'll make a schedule time. And, you know, obviously we'll be on the floor as well. And, you know, I'm sure if you tweet us or whatever, we'll let you know where we are and stuff and or let you know where Bob is. You know, hey, yeah, wait a minute. We'll throw, I'm trying to you know, hide. We'll find, the, <laughs> we'll find a mailman to bring Bob a letter and he'll let you know where he is. Well, maybe, I, we, could, maybe we can activate Bob's Twitter just for that event. Yeah. And, and one of us will, uh, will yeah. be with him and we'll... we'll uh, We'll yeah. tweet for him. We'll make sure on the yeah. talking comics thing, we'll be like, oh, Bob's here. You right. know? We'll just put a GPS on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I don't even own a cell phone. It's true. See, that's the other thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely for, for listeners, if you guys are looking to keep in touch with us during that event, during that weekend. All Twitter. Um, mm. Even, yeah, even if you don't have a Twitter account, yeah. um, our suggestion is to make one even for the sake of that weekend. Yeah. Just to keep in contact with friends, keep in contact with us, and mm-hmm. just to get updates. Yeah. Um, Facebook is as as you know, good as, good as it is for social networking, for quick updates like that, it is not the best. Yeah. So if you're anti-Twitter, just put your stuff aside for three days, <laughs> Get make up a name, yeah. and, and just do it. Especially for the fact that, and this is just very technical stuff, the Facebook app for an iPhone, which is basically what we all have, is pretty horrible. Oh, it's terrible. It's really slow, and Twitter works a lot better for those situations. So you'll definitely be getting a lot of like minute-to-minute updates from us in that situation. Obviously, there'll be stuff on the site. If you're just like, at home looking for updates on the site, there probably won't be a lot of written updates on the site till the evening. You know, But uh, you know, if you want to get really up-to-the-minute stuff with stuff we're seeing, Twitter is going to be the way to go yeah. for that. Um, so, Steve, do you have any more books you want to talk about? Yeah, I just wanted to do a, a little tiny commercial for uh, Zenoscope really quick. Okay. Because they've got a lot of uh, cool stuff that I, I want to check out. I haven't really been keeping up with them as much as I can just because there's so much to do. Um, but just to highlight a couple of really cool things they have coming out because they are primarily a horror-oriented mm-hmm. company that they got, you know, October is obviously their, their golden month. Um, Grimm's Fairy Tales presents Sleepy Hollow. Is coming out. Cool. Um, and also, it'll be issue number two, but um, Grimm's Fairy Tales Robin Hood will have started. Mm-hmm. So, um, two series that I'm looking forward to just because of the excellent work that has been done with the Jungle Book, which mm-hmm. I thought was very, very good. Um, they got a couple more things that their annual or their, um, their 2012 Halloween special is coming out. Those are always fun. Um, I've been reading those the last couple of years. Even if I'm not keeping up with their stuff, I make sure to grab those because they're always worth a laugh. And um, something that I just um, that I just saw that uh, is called Wake the Fuck Up is something <laughs> that they have coming out. 
It's uh, it reads like this. Okay, Wake the Fuck Up is the first comic from IOK, a new imprint founded by former Marvel publisher uh, Bill. Uh, if I pronounce your name wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, Jemus, co-author of Ultimate Spider-Man and Origin of Wolverine, two of the best-selling graphic novels in history. So it's yeah, it is a a, a brow furrower. It's, yeah. it's weird, but um. Bringing in somebody from Marvel that's had success in Marvel into a Zenoscope book presented by them uh, piques my interest. I have no idea what it's about. Right. But, um, you know, as the title says, I should probably wake the fuck up and check it out. (laughs) And um, last but not least, one of my absolute favorite books, probably my favorite series and favorite book from the company over all of their grim stuff was uh, Fly. I talked about Mm -hmm. it last year. Um, volume number two of Fly, The Fall, it's one of five starts in October. So, 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 so excited. I don't even know why I loved it so much. I just remembered reading it and being very, feeling very exhilarated by it. And um, just it being so different mm-hmm. from their their normal stuff that I'm, I'm so kind of fell into a pattern with them that I read that and it kind of knocked me off my seat, something I wasn't expecting from them. Um, same team is coming back for what I was hoping by the end of that book. I said they need to follow this up, and that's exactly what they're doing this October. So I am excited. Awesome. Um, I'll just – I have one more thing I want to talk about, and then I'll throw it back to Bob. I'm sure he has a couple other things he wants mm-hmm. to speak about. Um, real quick, we, we spoke about Fraction taking over Fantastic Four. Um, Hickman is moving over to the Avengers, Jonathan Hickman, and obviously <laughs> Bob is very, very excited about, uh, I think, about Hickman taking over the Avengers. Yeah, I think he can fix some of what's gone wrong. Right. I'm really and, hoping. Um, uh, obviously, that's not until December, so it's a little bit past. They haven't even solicited those yet, but uh, they did announce the team for the Avengers, and I want to just talk about that real quick. Um the roster includes Captain America, Captain Marvel, Wolverine, Hulk, Cannonball, Black Widow, Thor, Sunspot, The Falcon, Iron Man, Hawkeye, Spider-Woman, and Spider-Man. Um, that's the roster. You, you, anything else in the... Uh, well, that's, there's an image they released. That's, that's for the new Avengers. Oh, okay. Um, so there's an image they release. That's 13 of the 14 characters. Mm-hmm. No one can recognize the 14th character. Okay. Uh, so it's someone new okay. or just someone that, you know, might come from one of his other series, maybe mm-hmm. from like his old shield book or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, and then there's, he's saying that it's starting off 18 characters. Yeah. So there's still four that they haven't shown and that he wants to keep a secret. So these are the, this, this, that's the new Avengers roster? Correct. So not, yeah. not his new Avengers roster, but the actual book called new Avengers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All he's, right. <laughs> He's writing yeah. New Avengers, <laughs> yes. and that is the roster for that. They've only okay. they've only named, I believe, five from from the regular Avengers team. Okay, and Wolverine, Spider Man, Cap, Iron Man, Thor are those five. Okay, so all right, but still, I'm super psyched for. That. I just can't wait for all this Marvel Now stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be fun. Awesome. Um, I have but, actually one more thing that okay. might be interesting for uh, for our listeners because of something that I will get to in a second, but. Um, there is October 3rd. Uh, it starts today. No. My God. It's yeah, September. That's a, that's a, that's a month I'm trying to fast forward September. so we can get to New York Comic Con that much faster. Yeah. Uh, Cyber Force number one uh, is coming out. 
And it says at the very bottom here, it says, not content in pushing the envelope just in terms of story and art, Top Cow will be releasing the first major U.S. comic publisher to launch one of the biggest properties uh, with top-tier creators uh, concurrently for both the traditional print market and exploding worldwide digital market for free. That's right. Thanks to the support of fans through Kickstarter and participating comic shops, you can get the first five issues of Cyberforce at no cost. Wow. Yes, and that is uh, coming out from Image. And uh, the artwork is very, very cool. And um, you guys want to look it up. It's called Cyberforce. Uh, you're going to be able to get it to read it for free. I mean, even if you don't like it, it's free. First five issues. So, yeah, what they're doing with that, they're releasing the first five for free. Uh and then come six, it'll be a regular priced comic. Now, just because it's free doesn't mean it's totally free. It's not like they're sending us stacks of book mm-hmm. to, to just give out. Uh, the retailers do pay for those books. Uh, I think it's a quarter a book it was. So, you know, yeah, a retailer might order a huge amount of them just because there's a quarter. So don't be, like, greedy and run up and try and grab a handful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Throw them on eBay. Correct, yeah. Spread the love. If the the store is is doing a nice thing by ordering them to give out to y'all. So you know, just just why am I saying y'all a lot? I don't know. <laughs> why second, not? It's the second time, and every yeah. time you've done, it, I've noted it. I'm like, mm. So yeah, just just grab one, read it, pass it to a friend. You know, share the love, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. y'all, y'all. Rob, I want to ask you because we were t- back to the Avengers thing real quick. Uh, I'm looking at they released this like uh, these three covers of Avengers one, two, and three, um, and they're a linked cover, and they have all the characters that were listed in like the Avengers roster, and they're not new Avengers. They're the, I'm passing Rob the picture right now, uh-huh. just so you can see them. So I don't know. I, I guess it's either confusing or whatever, but it looks like they're the roster of the regular Avengers. Hmm. So I'm not sure. I don't know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess it is the regular Avengers. I could have yeah. sworn this was New Avengers. Maybe, they're, maybe they're, they're saying just the New Avengers roster. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah. That, that's probably what it is. Yeah. But I want to know who this damn other person is. <laughs> it's, it's Dragon Man. No. I hope it's <laughs> Da Vinci from, from his S.H.I.E.L.D. book. That would be awesome. Let me see. Who's missing? That's uh, not who's missing. It's oh, just it's, who yeah, is it? There. Who is there? There's like a character in the bottom corner. It's hard to see. What, um, yeah. what extra new mutant could it be if we've got Cannonball Ooh. and Sunspot? Yeah. It better not be the dude from... No, it wouldn't be. Okay. <laughs> the dude well, from, from 7-Eleven? No, it's no, probably no, not. Everyone no. go check the picture online. I was, thinking, I was yeah. thinking of somebody, but they're DC. They're not Marvel, oh. so that's not possible. Yeah, um, so, Bob, what else you got for us? Well, coming in the next couple of weeks, and then each of the next month releases the big ones for movies. We're looking at Avengers... Uh, Spider-Man mm-hmm. and Dark Knight all before the end of the year. Yeah, it's true. Out on a DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With tons of extras. Ray started releasing all the extras and little bits and pieces on the Avengers, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the other two will also be chock-a-block with good stuff. <laughs> chock-a-block. It's, a Bob, it's definitely a Bob phrase. Yes. <laughs> the bloopers for Avengers were quite hilarious. What, did you watch them? Mm-hmm. Oh. La, la, la. I've been avoiding all the features so I can watch. I just want to have the DVDs in my hand. I I I think like seventeen people sent them to me in oh, like yeah. the span yeah. of an hour, and I was yeah. like, I give up. <laughs> I'll watch them. You've got me. You've beaten me down. Um, uh, what's um, what's uh, the the um, the Shield agent's name from Maria Hill? The female. Yes. Yeah. 
she, in my opinion, has like she's the highlight of the reel. Oh, really? The blue reel? Yeah, she's yeah, she's got she's got quite a uh, one of those like repetitive trying to get the line mm-hmm. out things. Yeah, and she just loses it, and they kept the camera rolling. <laughs> it is funny, awesome. Uh, Bob, anything else you want to say before we uh, move on? Uh, no, except the rant about something, but we're saving that. Oh, oh, right, yeah. You can go ahead. You, you bring up my brother, the Avengers. Okay. So go ahead and talk about it, Bob. Well, we have a, a couple of quotes uh, here from um, one from Tom Brevoort, who's a big head, head guy over at Marvel. It's about uh, Wanda, uh, the Scarlet Witch, and her outfit. Both, so both he and Rick Remender have been commenting, and his is her costume is a bit absurd from a superhero standpoint. And Remender's is, well, we're trying to get away from, I'm going to save the world, but I'm going to do it looking like a stripper. Her classic outfit, it's a cape over leotards with her arms and legs covered with little short, low-heeled boots. Absurd? Stripper? Uh, Okay. That's hot. Now replaced by by a form-fitting three-quarter length leather coat with attached gloves over a catsuit with a built-in wonder bra and thigh-high boots. She's going to need a valet to get out and fight crime to get all this crap onto her. So uh, she doesn't look like a stripper. Now she looks like a dominatrix. This is better? Have, hmm. we, have we seen the images of her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't no, seen they've them, got so. the John Cassidy images of her standing yeah. there in a coat with this obviously no join line. The, the, it's now gloves attached to it. And right, she's, yeah, 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 yeah. And tons of cleavage. Mm-hmm. And of course, since the shot is down the front of her outfit... But nah, which, that other one was, was obviously too hideous. Wow. Anyway, my rant for the day. <laughs> I apologize. It's all right, Buff. <laughs> it's all right. But I'm really worked up about it. Apparently. Um, anybody else have any books they want to bring up before we move on? No, I'm just trying to look up the Scarlet Witch picture. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's move on to some uh, listener feedback. Um, we got a question from Adam Estep. Uh, he sent an email to us. He says, hey guys, first off, I love the show, and I have a, a fun question. We all know IDW has some pretty big movie and television franchises, but if you could pick any big franchise, doesn't have to be IDW, doesn't have to be an IDW title, and put it in one of the two big universes, either DC or Marvel, which would it be and why? I, for one, would like to see Doctor Who in Marvel. I think it would be interesting seeing him team up with the Fantastic Four, maybe having a, a, a future Valerie Richards as his companion. What about you guys? Bob, you were very excited about this question. Yeah. Why don't you let us well, know what, you, what sure. you think? My first one, unfortunately, now doesn't work because he's Ed Brubaker is gone. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen James Bond at Marvel with Ed Brubaker hmm. writing it. Interesting. Mm, I could see that. Yeah. yeah that could work. Yeah. But that, since that doesn't work anymore. It's like Daniel Craig Bond. <laughs> yeah. So, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But you could, you could throw in some Black Widow. Right, you yeah. know, you get some mm-hmm. Winter Soldier yeah. action. It could be fun. Absolutely, yeah. Bond fighting with Nick Fury or something. It could definitely work. Makes but absolute sense. Since that's not going to happen anymore, since he's gone, uh, I've got one from each company. Should I do both? Go or? ahead, Bob. Yeah, okay. bring it on. Um, I'd like to see Resident Evil at Marvel and have Peter David write it. Ooh, interesting. Who does really great female characters. Mm. So to see interesting. Alice... Interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> is it? It yeah. is. It's... it's, it's it's equally intriguing because Bob is going off the movie franchise. He's not going off the video game franchise. Uh-huh. No. So it, that's what makes it even, it's a still in perspective. So I think that's cool. That's very cool. And, and on the DC side of things, I'd love to see Indiana Jones by Darwin Cook. Wow. I would like to see that as well. That's a pretty good one. 
Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good one. Man, I got nothing now. Yep, you got <laughs> me beat. Mine are so lame. Look, my good. The Brady Bunch and Fantastic Four. <laughs> there we go. I can see the cover. The nine boxes yeah, make yeah. it thirteen uh, boxes. It uh-huh. could be awesome. I don't know that I. Uh, well, all right. One of the things it's it's one of the things that I would like to see personally. Uh, I mentioned the Grimm's Fairy Tales earlier. I would like to see a Marvel series of fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. I know that they've done like Avengers fairy tales or Spider-Man fairy tales mm-hmm. in the past, but they've never done, as far as to my knowledge, a straightforward retelling of the old Grimm stories. I think that if they came out with a short series and picked some of the best stories... Um, I just think that some of the writers uh, would nail it and some of the more colorful, playful artists that could get involved. I think it would be a lot of fun, very fanciful and stuff like that. Like, I do love the Grimm's Fairy Tales, but seeing the same artists, the same tone for, you know, 78 issues, mm-hmm. after a while, you kind of want to change the pace. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't give it to DC because they would probably go dominatrixy with it, and they wouldn't be straying far enough from the original. Right. Um, I think that Marvel would put a very colorful, and it doesn't have to have that dark tone. Mm-hmm. It could have a you know kind of like think if like if Scotty Young got mm-hmm. involved, and instead of always doing the Oz stuff, they decided to to apply it to Grimm's. Yeah, I think that would be fantastic. It'd be cool. Yeah, I'd love to see a Kitty Pride with. Little Lockheed the Dragon or something, yeah. in some sort of a fairy tale. <laughs> yeah. And um, I would absolutely love to see, um, I don't know who would write it, but I would love to see Riley Rossmo tackle Silent Hill. I think that would be great. Mm-hmm. I think that would be ab- absolutely just awesome. Um, I have, I have uh, Buffy going to DC. I, want, I, I would like to see her in like the dark, Ooh, yeah. of their dark universe, you know, like the Justice League oh. Dark, the Eye Vampire. Like world, if she was in that world, I think it'd be really, really cool that that cast of characters kind of eased into that world. I think would be really, really cool. Um, and the other thing I was thinking of, it's kind of actually on his do- sort of in his Doctor Who place, but uh, Back to the Future in the Marvel Universe, uh, oh, like yeah. Marty with the DeLorean, oh, and that, see, that guys, in like Fantastic Four world would be awesome. See, yes. if I knew that we were going to be pulling movies into this, then I could have gone <laughs> hog wild. It says to do. It it it, it says to do like it's just it big properties. any big franchise. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I'll maybe I'll pull another one out of my ass before okay. we wrap this up. <laughs> Rob, you have anything for us? Honestly, I am blank. You're blank. Absolutely blank. Just a blank slate. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I I, <laughs> I can't think of anything. <laughs> I I there's only one western book on the stands mm-hmm. I guess, and it's all-star all western which is not really a western at this point mm-hmm. um it's a good book could, but yeah. right could they do a good the bad and the ugly sort of instead of leone really yeah. or quick and the dead the way mm-hmm. sam raimi did did some sort of yeah stylistic spaghetti western book yeah maybe bring back westerns that way yeah that'd be really cool i think really, Di- really cool. dynamite has a good the bad and ugly book do they that's out now yeah Ooh. hmm that kills that idea. Well, good maybe the, DC should do it. Yeah, good, yeah. the bad, and the ugly. Ugly. What about Dark City as a uh, comic book? That'd be cool. Or Absolutely. Children, what is it? Children of the Lost City? Children of, what's uh, the name uh, of that French movie? Yes, that was, um, was that, that wasn't Jean-Pierre's one, that was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, City of Lost Children. City of, City Lost, of Children. Lost Children. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome PlayStation game. <laughs> <laughs> 
was. Okay. Oh man, you know what? Maybe maybe next week if we have time, I'll come back with some ideas. All right, yeah. Now oh, now man. the wheels are spinning. Now I'm thinking of video games. We'll lead off the show with it. All right, all right. Uh, next week uh, we get another email. This is a good one. Um, this is from Craig Wooler. He says, first off, love the show. Uh, give given me some great reads over the last few months, more than I can keep up with." We know what that feels like. Um, just listened to your Spider-Man anniversary podcast for the second time and thought I'd put this question to you for the next one. I know it's a bit early, but I was having a debate with a couple of the guys at work and could really do with some backup. A couple of the guys today at work were arguing that Batman isn't a superhero because he doesn't have superpowers or abilities. He's just a man with cool toys who is trained all his life. My defending argument was that firstly, he was one of the... He, sorry, he was one of the greatest superheroes doing everything within his power to do the right thing without the superhuman abilities of his fellow superheroes. Uh, and that's the definition of a superhero. I then broke it down into two words, super, meaning great, excellent, large, and superior, and hero, a person of distinguished courage or ability admired for their qualities and nobility. Batman is all of this and more. For me, the term superhero is an archetype rather than a rigid definitive category. So here goes. The question is, how do you define a superhero? Is Batman a superhero? Do powers define a superhero, or is, or is there more to it? He says, please back me up. And he's <laughs> at Craggle underscore rock on Twitter. No, yes, no, yes. There you go. <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. if, if your archetype is, is, the, is the perfect phrase. Yeah. You can't get so hung up on the definition of superhero mm-hmm. as superpowers. Is he doing or is she doing superhero-y things? Yeah. And it's not... It's, a lot about the outfit. It's a lot about the, the uniform. But that's not necessarily the case either because the Phantom Stranger has got a hat and a coat and he's still a super character. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's actions and the constraints that are put upon comic books that make it the, a superhero. Not necessarily superpowers. There are tons of characters that have no powers themselves, but it's what they are wearing that just you know make mm-hmm. them powerful you have iron man mm-hmm. you have booster gold yeah you just have all of these characters i th- i say they're superheroes yeah right. i mean batman's a superhero you're f- the people uh, these people who are, t- who are you're talking to obviously don't know what they're talking about yeah. <laughs> right there are, exceptions. there are exceptions that no, prove the dumb. rule yeah. zorro yes, wears a mask yeah but it's not a superhero no man. no he's not so gonna do whenever something's wrong but there are also <laughs> other it's not just batman i mean there's other characters that don't have powers you know, quite a, quite, quite a, a few. Yeah, Hawkeye is a superhero. Yeah, Green Arrow is a superhero. Yeah. to give it, you know, is a DC counterpart. Um, yeah, I think that's ridiculous. I mean, I don't care in real life. I don't care how much money you have and how much you train. You you can't be Batman. You know, no one's that smart and that rich and that motivated. Those three things do not equal up to a real person yeah. in real life. Um, yeah, and look, just read a couple of Batman comic books. He does things in those books that no human being could do, you know. The, in the Grant Morrison books, he go he goes through a process where he creates a backup personality for himself. So if anybody ever compromises his mind, his mind automatically reboots. <laughs> that doesn't real person cannot do that, you know. That's not a thing, you know. Reboot. Yeah. So I mean, that's what I think. Steve, what about you? Batman's a superhero. Yeah. If Batman's not a superhero, then I've been looking up to somebody who's not a superhero my whole life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that would be pretty sad on my part. Yeah. Uh, I would say absolutely that he's a superhero because yeah. of what he represents. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? There, there's, there's plenty of people that if you really wanted to break it down and get very anal about it and start mm-hmm. talking about gadgets and weapons and costumes and powers and stuff, oh, then my. you're just you're you're gonna destroy the 
the exuberance, the image of so many characters yeah. within the comic universe mm-hmm. that you're going to wind up very sad when you go to bed that night. Yeah. So I would say that Batman is definitely yeah. a superhero. Yeah. He's not a super-powered hero, but he is a superhero. He's an extraordinary yes. hero, right. you know? His friend's engaging in a semantic argument for yes. the sake of having an argument at work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. How do you like that backup? Yeah. Yeah. We got you back on this. <laughs> um, oh, so One Inch Punch on Twitter. And uh, <laughs> Bob, I think that you will like this question. Uh, what are some of your favorite fan films? Oh, Batman Dead End, mm-hmm. first of all. Yes. Uh, if you, one, I don't want to. Let me just ruin the surprise. Yeah, ruin it. It was made by a guy named Sandy Kalura who was trying to get a job with Stan Winston. So he has. It's Batman, and it's the Alex Ross gray suit, bat on chest, big muscular guy chasing down the Joker down an alleyway. He just escaped from Arkham. He's still wearing the straight jacket, for goodness sakes. When he is yanked up into the air, basically, by... Should I just... Yes. Okay. It's so yeah, long ago. It's, it's, Very it's old. Just, you're dealing with Alien and Predator and... Yeah. Batman and his gizmos and fighting in an alleyway in the rain. Top-notch costume work as well. Right. Just amazing. And then he followed it up with what might be my second favorite, which is World's Finest. Yeah. Where he puts together Batman and Superman and yeah. Luther in the in the battle armor and yeah. Two-Face and pretty, pretty special. Yeah, there Not was that m- run of those movies around that time. They yeah. were pretty awesome. Not to mention that you get um, from Growing Pains, Boner, you got his best performance <laughs> really? as the Joker. Correct? Uh, that was him. I've never seen Growing Pains. No, it's Andrew Koenig. That's... Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, so the, the, you know, the plucky sidekick of <laughs> Kirk Cameron winds up giving a very, very uh, good performance as yeah. the Joker. My favorite one is Grayson. That's my favorite that's one. That's a great one. I love Grayson. That's my favorite one. Grayson was excellent. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was right around that time. Yeah, well, they all Just came like out at the said. same time. And I love the... It's one of the scariest jokers I've ever seen in that thing. That, that, that one shot of him where he's like, ha! Ah! He's like laughing. He has the machine gun yeah. in his hand. Mm-hmm. Really scary. And, and he, they, they bring in all that. Wonder Woman shows up and they have that one yeah. shot of the Green Lantern with the ring and he's in the water. You know, it's crazy and it's great. And yeah, I mean, I have to go with those also. Yeah. Uh, recently, I believe within the past couple of months, someone threw up a, a like recap ish look. In live action of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man number one, yeah, the Miles Morales. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it wasn't flashy or no for what it was and what they did and the money they had. It's worth a watch. Yeah, it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it was it's it doesn't match. I think the scope of the ones we we just talked about. Oh no no no, no yeah, not yeah, at all. That's yeah. that's why it was like a little, a little yeah. sidebar. There's this. I remember uh, I was watching or reading an interview with the guy who did Grayson, and there's this one shot where. Uh, you know the crooks are doing something dastardly and then they're like you know because there's no Batman anymore because he's dead and then um, they do something and you see uh, and then the, the, the crooks hanging upside down and the commissioner's like what's going on and behind his back you see uh, Robin jump between the buildings and he's oh, yeah. talking and he's like I had no safety harness I had no backup plan he's like if I didn't make that jump I was going to die oh screw that yeah so (laughs) that's the craziness of stuff like that there's a Spider-Man like that too I picked it up at Icon this year where I think it's called Goblin's Last Stand it was made in the 80s where there's a fella swinging around the building from the fire escapes with a rope Oh my god! <laughs> They're just shooting him from from street level. Oh my god! Uh, I had gone to a panel and I want to go to another one this year. There's a fellow named, whose name I'm just going to terribly mispronounce here, uh, Chris Notoriel and Notorile. 
really. Anyway, <laughs> he was on the Midtown Comics reality show briefly, as you know, a book coming out. But he was making little 15-minute fan films, all sorts of characters, Catwoman and so on. And he was going to be at Icon this year. Oh, and, yeah. And he pulled out at the last minute. Yeah, there was like the Daredevil fan yes. film, right? Yeah, yeah. Everything went away, and all those sort of things are now off his site. Oh, interesting. We were able to buy them on DVD, and now you can sort of watch them, but you can't buy them anymore. Huh. I wonder what happened there. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I know. <laughs> the, the one he did that I thought was hysterical, it was called Power Girl, The Classifieds. Oh, goodness. <laughs> where she's been called on the carpet by the other members of the Justice League because of some destruction she's done in the midst of a fight. So they make her go get a real job, which includes being sort of the uh, IT help desk person at a computer company. Oh, wow. And someone tries to keep returning a computer, which ends up not very well for him. Mm. But they cast this re- uh, perfectly cast girl, did the outfit wonderfully. It was very funny and sort of the way the Palmiati Gray, Amanda Connor ones became around the same time. Really fun. The site is still up. Mm-hmm. So if you check Power Girl Classified, you'll be able to watch. You just can't buy the DVDs anymore. Gotcha. Too bad. Okay. Um, and one last question. This is from uh, Daniel on Facebook. Um, so he's thinking about you know the uh, the upcoming uh, you know War of the, the the Third Army and Trinity War and the Joker uh, Death of the Family crossover. And he said, do these events feel like desperation on DC's part to drive additional sales on several of the new 52 books that, that have been lackluster? Um, I'm someone who loved having the whole story, but this, may, this, but this many books can be a huge expense. So what do you think, Rob? Uh, in terms of Green Lantern, I definitely think that they're going back to you know, the whole thing they did with the Sinestro War. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was basically, that was only two titles. That was... Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps. Mm-hmm. And you probably had about five or six in each book that you needed to read each mm-hmm. one. Uh, with this, it's, I believe, four for four books. So that's 16 issues. Yeah, it's Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, Green Lantern, New Guardians, and Red Lanterns, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, they're not doing it as a strict, this is issue one, two, three, four. So if you just want to read one series, then... okay. By all means, read one series. If you want the whole story, then you know, dive in, pick up these other titles, mm-hmm. or just wait for the trade. Everything yeah. will be in one. Right. Uh, yeah. In terms of the Batman and the Trinity War, Trinity War that that's a long time coming. So yeah. I don't think that's any desperation move whatsoever. Uh, I think that's just something they had planned, and now is the opportune time to tell that story. And same thing with with Snyder. Uh, that's just the name of his next storyline, mm-hmm. you know? It's the Court of the Owl stuff, if it bled over into any book, it was one issue, you know? That's, yeah. that's not a hassle, and you didn't need to read those at all. No. Uh, you just stick with the main story, and you'll enjoy it just as much as anyone that's reading those, those little books. Mm-hmm. I think you said it very well, Rob. I don't think I have anything nope. else to add nope. to that. Nope. No. Um, so, thank you guys for writing in again. Um, on Facebook, it's uh, facebook.com backslash Talking Comics. Uh, Twitter, at Talking Comics. And info at TalkingComicBooks.com. So please, guys, read in your questions. Uh, we love, love hearing from you guys. All right, but we have to talk about what is on the shelves right now. Yeah. As my, as my iPad loads up. Um, 
we need to fill some time because my. Well, then, really quickly, I mentioned a Kickstarter that I had put money into oh, yes. last week, yes. and it was fully funded. Nice. Small Eagles, Molly Danger, uh, actually went over by two or three thousand dollars. Didn't nice. get to their stretch funds. They were going to try to bring the book up to fifty-six pages, but still going to come out next fall. Did we, when we were doing the books before, did we forget? Because I think we were deciding who's going to say it, but uh, Kelly Stu DeConnick's Ghost. Ghost. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we forgot yeah. it entirely. Yeah, yes, yeah. We're, because we were all I deferring. Awesome. Yeah, it, it was on everyone's lists. Yeah. 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 So we're okay. very excited about that. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Ghost, Dark Horse. Bye. Yes. Yes. Get that business. Um, so here we go. Uh, we actually have a number one from Archie Comics this week. New Crusaders Rise of the Heroes, number one, is coming out. Um, stunk 50 years ago. They'll stink again today. <laughs> Woo. From Boom Studios, we have Garfield, number five. Fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hypernaturals, number three. Planet of the Apes Cataclysm, number one, for which there are about 11 covers, um, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Uh, there's actually no single issues from Dark Horse. Uh, this week, there's two trades: uh, Vampire Hunter D Novel Volume 18, Fortress of the Elder God. Are you and, sure that's not a Star Wars book? <laughs> 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 and uh, oh, I don't know how to say this: Oriemo Volume One trade paperback. Uh, from DC, we have Action Comics Number Zero. We have yes. Animal Man Number Zero. Animal Man. Um, we have Batwing Number Zero. Before Watchmen, Silk Spectre, number three. Yes. Yeah. Detective Comics, number zero. Dial H, number zero. Yeah. Earth 2, number zero. Uh, Ferris, Thank number nice. seven. Yes. Uh, GI Combat, number zero. Green Arrow, number zero. Green Lantern, number zero. Uh, we have Night Force, number seven of seven. Phantom Stranger, number zero. Yay. Uh, Bob, that's on your pull list, correct? No. You're not getting Phantom Stranger? Oh. oh, I thought you said that when we, were t- when we talked about those originally, that that was one of the new series you were going to check out. Um, He's denying it. Yeah. Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, number 25. I'm getting that one. <laughs> Smallville Season 11, number 5. Uh, Stormwatch, number 0. Boo. Swamp Thing, number 0. Yay. Sweet Tooth, number 37. Yeah. And World's Finest, number 0. Hooray. Um, from Dog Year, we have Foster, number 2. Yeah. Is coming out. Uh, Dynamite Entertainment, we have Army of Darkness, number five. No. Boys, number 70. Damsels, number one. Hmm. Uh, sounds like, yeah, I knew that. Was <laughs> that, that I I'm so predictable. Yes. Girl book, number one. <laughs> uh, Flash. Hey, somebody's got to do it. Our resident girl doesn't. It's true. Spend so much time looking at web comics and shit. It's very true. Yeah. Flash Gordon, Zeitgeist, number six. Uh, Garth Innes' Jennifer Blood, number 16. Lone Ranger, number nine. Peter Candon, Thunderbolt, number one. Mm. Um, Vampirella, number 22. Uh, also, Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time, The Eye of the World, number 29. Um, from IDW, we have Cape, 1969, number three. Yes. Classic Popeye, number two. Crow, number three. G.I. Joe, number 17. Love and Capes, What to Expect, number two. Yes. Uh Rocketeer Adventure. Oh, sorry, that's a. F- oh, no, yeah, Rocketeer Adventures two, number one of four. Nine ninety nine. Oh, it's a. That's, it's a pin. It's a pin. <laughs> it's a pin. Yeah. I want to read that pin. Yeah. Uh, digitally, I want it digitally. Though. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Color Classics number four. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Micro Series number eight. Uh, <laughs> Fu- Fujitoid, uh, which we actually have an interview with the creator of that on the site right nice. now. Um, Transformers Regeneration one number eighty three. 
um, Transformers Robots in Disguise number nine and True Blood number four from Image we have Black Kiss 2 number two oh yeah Bloodstrike number 30 uh, Creator Own Heroes number four Epic Kill number five Guarding the Globe number one yes Harvest number two of five Mm. Hell yeah, number five. Hell yeah. Uh, Mind the Gap, number four. Yes. Mm-hmm. Near Death, number 11. Savage Dragon, number 181. Spawn, number 223. Um, Thief of Thieves, number eight. And Think Tank, nice. number two. Um, from Marvel, we have Age of Apocalypse, number seven. Amazing Spider-Man, number 693. Yay. Avengers Academy, number 36. Yay. Um, we have a couple collections. Uh, Big Hero 6, Brave New Heroes, number one, which is a collection of some of the older stories. Um, obviously, they're becoming sort of a bigger deal in the Marvel Universe right now. Uh, Dark Avengers, number 180. Deadpool, number 60. Defenders, number 10. Yay. Uh, First X-Men, number two. Hawkeye, number two. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, dog. Invincible Iron <laughs> Man number five twenty four, Mighty Thor number nineteen, which is the next part of the Everything Burns Sweet. series, right? That was awesome. It was the Journey of Mystery. Yeah, very cool. Um, we have Muppets number three of four. We have Punisher number fifteen, Road to Oz number one. Ooh. We have um, again another collection, Thanos Quest number one, um, Ultimate Comic Spider Man number fourteen. Venom, number yes. 24. X-Factor, number 243. Um, and then from oh, from Valiant, we have Archer and Armstrong, number two, and Bloodshot, number three. And from Xenoscope, we have Charmed, number 23. Mm. Grim Fairy Tales, number 77. Yeah. Grim Fairy Tales, Myths and Legends, number 20. Mm. Uh, Grim Fairy Tales presents Wonderland, <laughs> number two. Yeah. And Irresistible, number two. Yes. So that is what on the shelves right now. Um. Again, if you guys want to get in touch with us at Talking Comics on Twitter, info at TalkingComicBooks.com, and TalkingComicBooks.com is the website where you can read all articles, reviews, and such. Um, I am Bobby at Bobby Shortle on Twitter. Steve, I am at Dead underscore Anchorus. Rob, I am at Dusk D U S K one zero two zero. And Bob's email address. Uh, I forget. <laughs> Barboy at talkingcomicbooks.com. There you go. Um, Next week, we're going to come back and we're actually going to talk. This week was the one year anniversary of the New 52. Um, So, next week, we're going to be talking New 52. We're going to talk about the books we've liked, the books we haven't liked. you know, Bob hasn't read all of them, but he but he has a very strong opinions about them. No, um, yeah, <laughs> like the eyebrow raise he just gave me. He's like, "Oh, it's gonna be all." <laughs> uh, and Stephanie will be back with us next week. Uh, Yay! If you guys tell us, let me know what new two books you guys love and what you, what you don't like. Um, I really want to know that stuff. If you have questions, concerns, whatever. Um, there'll be a bunch of zero issues out next time we review talk. So I'm sure we'll be mentioning some of those. Um, I promise you it will not be a whole podcast just talking about how good Animal Man, Swamp Thing, and Batman are. Animal Man. But man, how good were... No. Yeah. <laughs> they were awesome. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that is the Talking Comics podcast for this week. So for Steve... See you later. Bob. Adios. And Rob. Goodbye. I've been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued. <laughs> <laughs>